Hey guys, Hydraberg here, a cut above horror review. Tonight we have returning guest Seth of the Bean Dove podcast on to help us bring our October to Romero month to a close. I know it's sad to say goodbye. It's been fun though. Tonight we take a page out of Diary of the Dead from 2007. Dear Diary, it's episode 122 of A Cut Above, and it's starting now. Cut my life into pieces! Good evening, and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight... We'll be wrapping up our October to Romero with the fifth movie in George Romero's dead cycle, Diary of the Dead from 2007. But before we begin, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, a very special welcome back to our friend Seth from the Bean Dubbed podcast. What's up, Seth? Oh, hey. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for inviting me. How you doing? I'm good. 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 Glad to have you on for our night before Halloween show. Yeah, night before my birthday. Oh, oh wow! I didn't Happy realize birthday. tomorrow was your birthday. Happy How birthday, perfect. man! Damn, you lucked out. Yep, just had to throw that in there. So, what oh, are you going to yeah. do tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to relax. <laughs> this is an excellent plan. An excellent, excellent oh. plan. Good for you. Mm. <laughs> uh, and next up, we got John. What's going on, John? What's happening, Jacqueline? Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, Hydraberg, Jacqueline, Seth, thank you so much for coming back and happy early birthday. And I think as adults, um, the one thing we want to do for our birthdays is relax. So I'm right there with you, my guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. John, what are you doing for Halloween? I'm going to pass out candy. Awesome. It's pretty chilly out here in the Pacific Northwest mm. right now, so uh, that's why I'm wearing a sweatshirt. But um, yeah, I'm going to pass out candy to the kiddos and just hang out and probably watch horror movies afterwards. That sounds fucking rad. As well, <laughs> yeah. you should. That is exactly <laughs> what you should do. Absolutely. And last but not least, it's Hydraberg. How you doing, Hydraberg? Uh, happy Halloween, boys and ghouls. <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow evening to celebrate the best night of the year? Uh, I don't know. I don't really have plans. Uh, my apartment's in the back of my house, so I don't really have, uh, I can't really give out candy. Nobody can come back there. So mm. I can leave some out on the stoop, um, up front. Okay. But, uh, I uh, has snipers at his place. So yeah. Jesus coming back. Hey, children, leave me alone. <laughs> that got dark real fast. I know. <laughs> Seth, <laughs> well, I hope. Thank you for coming. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I hope you watch something scary. Oh yeah. I might do that. Mm. I I have some editing I need to get done. So I might hang out. Do some editing, watch Sounds some cool. horror movies. I have work, fun. you know, and yeah. I, I have my buddy's wedding coming up soon. So I have like a lot of bunch of responsibilities I have to take care of soon. So stupid yeah. responsibilities. Yeah. Gotta get fucking adulting. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> responsibilities Weddings. suck. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. What were you saying to Seth? <laughs> I was just going to say uh, happy early birthday, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Brad. Yeah. I'm very excited for you it's to relax. Cool birthday. <laughs> yeah i got you a nap for your birthday so. you. <laughs> oh, take you. it whatever time you I, want I, doesn't matter I definitely it's on need me. it doesn't expire by the way but it's no, only good for one be, one nap I, I will be watching a movie in theaters but it's not horror related so oh what is it in, uh, barbie no i don't know if that's out anymore <laughs> i'm sure it's somewhere it is here uh, i'm gonna see killers of the blood moon oh nice oh okay i've oh, heard good yeah. things but i mean how that's where you should bad, take right? your nap 
carrying the movie because it's three and a half hours long. Yeah, I'll take Probably my nap long. in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it really that long? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. long. I heard it's good. Damn. Damn. I don't know if he knows how to make a short movie. I don't know if he's capable of making a short yeah, no. movie. It's three and a half hours, and you know the theaters just don't give you intermission, so. I don't know why. For the life of me, I don't know why. Like Gone with the Wind, you got an intermission, sound of music. Don't make money anyway. Built in. You know how many people will like refill their popcorn or something? Right. Given the chance, like, well, I don't have to pee, but I'll fucking re up my uh, nachos or whatever. Yeah, dude, get that popcorn Mm. refill. Dude, with a movie that long, you're gonna drink all of your Coke or Diet Coke, and you're gonna pee right back into it. I would just pee into the cup. (laughs) So I don't have to actually leave. I don't want to miss any of the movie. That's why they should give you an intermission so people don't have to pee in their cups. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for coming <laughs> to my TED Talk. <laughs> I, I, I was going to go farther with that, but I won't. But it's okay. We'll stop. Okay. Uh, well, glad to have you fellas with me. I'm glad to be with y'all um, tonight on our eve before Halloween, um, talking about Diary of the Dead for our last uh, last episode of our of our George Romero month. Yeah, I, I, I real quick, um, Seth, where can we find you? I know that you guys aren't uh, kind of on a hiatus right now, but where can we find mm-hmm. you with your podcast? Yeah, well, uh, my podcast is Bean Dub Podcast. You can find it anywhere that podcasts are available. And mm-hmm. uh, I believe we have about 30 or so uh, episodes you can go listen to right now. And we'll be releasing more um, fairly soon. I have a few in the tank that I can get edited and thrown out there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I have a YouTube channel. It's Bean Dirt, and I have, I think, over 300 videos. Oh, so nice. You can check out whatever you want. Damn. Is, is that B-E-A-N-D-U-R-D? Yep. All yep. Right. Thank you. There you go. I love how each week on the podcast, you pick a bean, and you just you guys just like discuss it <laughs> and review it. Like It's fucking, I don't know. It's so interesting. It's only been seven months, but the last one was Pinto. I was pretty happy about it. That's yeah. my favorite bean. It's a good, it's a good <laughs> bean too. and it, not so much a good car, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hyderberg, I was it's... waiting for you to make a beaner joke. I feel like oh, you really missed oh, it. Oh, racist. Oh, so racist. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that was explosive. <laughs> I just see what you're doing there. I, I got you. Mm. We get it. Yeah, we get it. It's good for your colon, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Not for your uh, toilet, but for your colon. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> no Blumkins here. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well done, Jacqueline. Oh, that my God. Good, good. That was Her a deep callback. <laughs> no, that, that was a little bit of a softball, but you knocked it out of the fucking park. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't have done it without you, John. <laughs> Anyway, uh, y'all ready to talk some horror tonight? Yeah. Yes. All right. John, yep. what have you got for us in the way of news this week? Well, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of spooky season, Halloween season. But um, it looks like Art the Clown is going to be spreading some holiday cheer. Yay! Terrifier, Terrifier 3. Uh, it looks like the, I, I guess the official poster has been leaked. I'm sure Damien Leone said, you know what? Put it out there, whatever. Um, so Terrifier 3, the teaser, it's going to be like a two-minute long teaser that's coming out on November 1st, which is on Wednesday. Uh, mm-hmm. We're recording on a Monday right now. But it's coming out because Terrifier 2 is going back to theaters. 
um, because yeah. actors are still on strike. But they're going to show the teaser for Terrifier 3. But with this poster, it looks like Art the Clown's going to have a holiday movie. Uh, yeah, is he movie. wearing like a Santa hat and stuff, or no, something Christmasy about the beard and stuff? Yeah. And if you look in the background on the tree, there's like um, you know cut off faces on on the tree. There's like dead bodies and, in the background too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Heidelberg's favorite. It looks like his um, magical sack is going to be a hefty, hefty cinch sack. It's going to have all the gifts in it. Yeah, <laughs> chainsaws and ice picks and. Mm-hmm. Rusty <laughs> keychains and whatever else, fucking nail files he has in there <laughs> for all the good little bottle openers, hyperdermic <laughs> needles, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah oh, 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 guns. Yeah, <laughs> you're still bad about that, huh? Sorry, I'm Jay. mad about the. I, you know, I'm less mad about you telling me about it ahead of time than I am about him using a gun in the first place, but I, all of it is bad. Yeah. I'm hoping um, by next week when we record that we get to see this teaser because I'm very, very, very excited about it shortly after. I, I think so. I think so. But I, I, I think by that time it should be out to the masses. I mean, this is like a special thing. And it it seems to me in the horror community that everybody's very excited about this. I don't know about you, Seth. Did you like Terrifier, Terrifier 2? I like Terrifier 2 a lot more than the first one, but um, I saw Terrifier 2 in theater. And I want to say it's it's an unfortunate timing for them to put out a Halloween movie just after Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I I don't think so. I think it's actually perfect timing. I think Damien Leone's got this kind of like madness that Eli Roth has, you know, um, that it's just kind of this, you know, perfect timing that it's coming out. And it's a holiday movie. Um, so maybe they'll push it back to or, or push it up towards, you know, maybe September or October when that movie comes out. Or just well, after Halloween. I don't know if it's Christmas themed, then maybe it'll probably be like probably... at least after Thanksgiving, I would say. But I don't know. I'm I'm hoping. I mean, I'm assuming it would be like a 2024. It says October release. though, right? 2024. Oh, does it? I uh, thought it did. I'm, I'm, oh no, November, November. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, the teaser's coming out November. Well, on Wednesday. Oh. Yeah. I mean, two days from today. That. From also, from if recording. it's two minutes long, is it really a teaser? No. I mean, that's well, like a full on trailer. Nowadays, they're called teasers still, and they're like three minutes long. <laughs> well, it's probably just going to be one sequence from the movie. Yeah. That's what I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Damien Leone is saying that it's going to be brutal within the first like eight minutes of the movie at the very beginning. I do not doubt him. Yeah. No, I don't either. <laughs> he, the man has been true to his word yeah. thus far. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's good news. I'm excited about that. I hope to see a bootleg ASAP. I mean, sure. illegally distributed of, of the trailer <laughs> viewing of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of hope we can talk about that teaser next week. I hope it does come out on the internet so we can actually talk about it. But, um, uh, how many? Raise your hand. I know we're in spooky season right now, but how many are looking forward to Trick or Treat Two? Raise your hands. Heidelberg is not. I guess a little <laughs> bit. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a sequel is actually happening. Mike Doherty says that there is a 
fantastic script to it. There's working on storyboards uh, because the writers and actors were on strike. Mm-hmm. Can't really do anything with it right now. So they're looking to start it or uh, start uh, pre-production in 2024, but it looks like it is happening and it's going to keep with the anthology or oh, anthological cool. of what trick or treat was. And cool. the Hopefully original director a... being yeah. involved. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mike Doherty's he, yeah. he, he's directing it. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that movie has become so beloved that I'm sure that it'll be treated, you know, with a lot of care for fans and respect for the the first one. And, you know, hopefully make something really good, hopefully with Sam as like a through line. Mm-hmm. I did watch it this past week, uh, this past weekend. And I, man, that movie gets better and better every time I see it. I'm planning to watch it tomorrow after the kids go to bed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's on all the streaming. So, I mean, Jacqueline, you have no troubles finding it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. I'm going right, to try to get Joey to watch it. I think he'll like it, actually. That's that might be a stretch, but I'm hoping. <laughs> God, it was a good movie. Um, okay. So, I, I want to thank Heidelberg for this story right here. It follows. I think we all really enjoyed that. Seth, did you see it follows? Yep. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely. That was very entertaining. And, um, how can a movie about a STD not be? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm well, a big fan of Follows. Uh, well, it looks like it's getting a sequel. It's called They Follow. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. David Robert Mitchell is going to be returning as the director. And then uh, I I don't know how to say her name. Micah, Micah Monroe. Micah Mo- Monroe. She's yeah. returning as a star. Um, everything is ready to go, not necessarily in pre-production right now, um, because of what's going on in Hollywood, but they're actually going to start it in, uh, mid 2024 to start producing this. So I may follow. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, to be honest. Like I love it. It doesn't need a sequel, but the fact that the original, writer and director and the original star are kind of going to work together again. And it's been mm-hmm. so long that like, it seems like they actually have something worth making maybe. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. It's an interesting premise that they follows. I don't think it's, I mean, it could be just, obviously it's a play on like pronouns and stuff like that nowadays, but also maybe there's a multiplication of this entity or something like that. She's obviously still on its list. So maybe more things or as more people have been plagued with this as well. So maybe she meets other people who have been plagued by another entity that follows as well. You know, maybe it's not just one. I don't know. Right. And, you know, again, once everything kind of smooths out in Hollywood and we get more uh, backstory to this, I just think my initial thought when I saw the story was money grab because it follows was was such a unique horror movie that it was just like yeah it was like 10 years ago so yeah it was and then oh it was that long ago wasn't it it was almost yeah and it's just like okay why i mean there's a lot of creativity out there and you don't have to keep using the same formula yeah i don't know to me it does say something though that it's still the same director not somebody else you know running with it and making their own Mm -hmm. thing like I don't know. That's not a guarantee, but it does make me feel a little better. 
I believe G Baby was saying something in the Slack that like he supposedly like had wanted nothing to do with a sequel. Um, really, the, mm. with the success of the first one. Mm. So if he's come back and it's his idea along with her, like it sounds to me like they have something maybe planned that might be worth doing. But I don't know. It's a slippery slope. Like I want it to be great, but I maybe just do the one and just be done with it though. Don't don't make this huge franchise out of it. It's like it's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What can I, I, I love another score though. Give me another <laughs> album of like awesome synth score. Yeah. That's cool. You want the score with no movie? <laughs> I don't know. The first movie to me is like lightning in a bottle almost. It's like, can you capture that again? It feels like a moment that in time that just happened. Everything worked out. The great score, good script, you know what I mean? Good directing, fresh faces, new actors. Yeah. I don't know. It just all worked out. Now to I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the I direct- could see it going either way, but yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm going to follow it. That's all I know. You know what I mean? That was a joke. Sorry, I I didn't hear your joke because I was busy thinking. Like, what else did that director do? Oh, he did that um that lake movie that. Oh, Under the Silver Lake. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I'm not that familiar. Have you you guys seen that one? Oh, yeah. Have Have you seen it? I have. Oh, yeah. Everybody I try to show it to fucking hates it. What? And I I love that movie so much. I love it, too. Yeah. I you ever know, seen Daughtry Guys, Seth? It's not. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I haven't actually. Number one. Thanks Killing is a is a yearly uh, watch for me. As it should Add be. Add Poultry Guys to your holiday. <laughs> when you watch Thanks Killing, do you wear a big fake mustache? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I need to revisit that one. That one was fun. Who wants a mustache, right? Oh my God, that was a. Is different Tom movie. Atkins here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could. They actually came out. with they came out with an action figure from him. I, I know, think it was from, amazing. It, it, yeah. it looked fucking phenomenal. Was it from Halloween 3 or was it from Night of the Creeps? Ha- I think it's no, Night Halloween of the Creeps. 3. Okay. No, Halloween 3. Oh, is it? They have a Night of the Creeps yeah. one too, I think. Oh, for oh, real? They? I'm not oh, positive. Okay. I think there's one with him with a trench coat. That's awesome. Which would be yeah, that'd be Night of the Creeps. And then, yeah, and the one that you said, he's got like a Miller in his hand, right? It's Miller time. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Miller time. Amazing. Uh, was that it for news, John? Or you got that's more? it. That's All it. Right. Sorry. That was, that was some good news. Good Halloween week news. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it. All right. Well, so technically this is John's week, but you mm-hmm. didn't really pick this movie. Um, nope. It was just kind of the movie that fell on your given week. So I'm not yep. going to ask you why you picked it, but I am going to ask you whether it fucks or sucks. Oh, boy. I hate to say this about George Romero. Um, this movie is like you see a beautiful woman at the edge of the bar and you're like, man, we can do some kinky things. And she does all those kinky things, but it's all at once. And the two and a half minutes of pleasure I can give, I I just couldn't take it. So I think this movie, um, I think this movie sucks. <laughs> okay. <Sorry. laughs> all right. I, I didn't. Ex- okay. I didn't expect that, but all right. You Seth. think it's going to be fun, but it sucks. John, do you realize that all of your fucks or sucks analogies begin with a woman? A woman at, at the, the end, end of the bar. bar. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the I, same I, thing I when he said it. I do realize that. I really do. And it's just like, you know, I mean, if it's going to be fun, it's going to be fun. If it's, you know, something that's going to happen that you don't expect, it could fuck or suck. And then. This one it's sucks. like most sucks, most D and D games start in a tavern. Like that's just an easy place. To I wouldn't start. know about that, but I mean, I'm just saying. Yes, like, yeah, I'll say that. 
Okay. Oh, damn. It's like a fantasy, you know? Uh, yeah, it's a D&D thing, I guess. John's no, I'm not cool saying it is. I'm John's just too cool for that. No, I'm not. Yeah, he's I'm, obviously too cool. He's like shutting me. No, I, 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 no I'm, I'm not cool at all. That's why. <laughs> of course you are. I mean, the woman at the end of the bar seems to think so. so. <laughs> you see her every, every time. Yeah. <laughs> Same girl. Her name's, her name's Brenda. <laughs> wow. Oh, you have details. I get. I, I like this. You've worked this one out, I see. This episode's uh, dedicated to Brenda. Brenda, this one's for you. Seth, does Diary of the Dead from 2007 fuck or suck? Uh, well, I think I'll... I, echo your guys' sentiments from the Land of the Dead episode. Uh, I would say it's a bit of a disappointing nostalgia fuck. Uh, your memory of your experience with it is not as good as you'd thought, and it unfortunately won't be a fuck I revisit again soon, if it ever again. However, based on entertainment value alone, uh, for someone who is not a critic and won't easily see through cheesy dialogue and forced social political view, um, then it's a run-of-the-mill, middle-of-the-road zombie flick, and I think you could find some entertainment out of it. I think I'd give this a flaccid fuck. Okay, all right. Fair. Hydraberg? I like a relationship that starts off hot and heavy and has its moments of ecstasy, but eventually the fire burns out and they keep coming back with the same moves, which ultimately end up feeling flaccid and uninspiring. It sucks. I thought you were going to say flaccid fuck. No, this movie sucks. Even oh, use flaccid right. and well, I use the word okay. flaccid, but it sucks. But, but it, it sucks. Okay. I'm oh. curious, Jacqueline, what do you think of Diary of the Dead? Yes. It sounded like you said diarrhea of the dead. <laughs> I Dairy. Dairy of I, the dead. I, I'm sorry. Diary. Are we dead. changing metaphors now? Are we moving to like, does it flush or does it crush? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, hmm. Um, does it yellow know. or let it mellow? Does it mellow? Oh flush my it God. down. <laughs> it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> I'm going to let this one mellow, guys. Jacqueline, would you give this a number one or a number two? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, thanks for taking what I put down and just running with it there. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. I think, okay, I guess I'm I'm probably going to come in the highest on this one. I, I don't think it, I'm not going to say it's like a hardcore fuck. But I think it's like a perfectly acceptable fuck for like a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> like it's it's a it's a fine it's a fine fuck. Like it it'll do. It's better. It's certainly better than the doggy some style other... on a Sunday morning. I'm not going to go that far, but it's <laughs> it's certainly better than some like serious, disappointing, like boring as hell fucks that we've had uh, in the past. And I think it's it's perfectly fine. Um, you know, it doesn't, uh, it's it's a fuck that keeps me interested, doesn't lose my interest. I'm not thinking of my grocery list uh, during this one. So I, I, I think it's a perfectly respectable fuck. And I will stand by that. So there. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> right. Now get off my lawn. <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> All right. John, you want to drop the spoiler warning so we can um, f- fight this one out? Just me against you three? Absolutely. <laughs> Seth, I thought you were going to be my ally I, here. I, I will be defending this movie quite a bit. I have a lot of history with it. Okay. So. I'm very Is this just your first watch, Jacqueline? No, I've seen it uh, at least once before, maybe twice. Uh, it's you're been a, a while. Footage, you're a found footage fan, I, though. I do love found footage. Same. So. 
So that could too. be. I like good found footage movie. Yeah. Same. Wow. Okay. Spoiler warning. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about Diary of the Dead from 2007. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to find out what we thought about it. I don't feel like I received enough credit for Does It Flush or Does It Crush? <laughs> I mean, that was pretty good. Which, oh, wow. I didn't okay. get the crush part. I don't know what that means. I don't know. If I'm get, just flush. Well, if we talk about brain damage from like 87, we should do that one. All right. Moving on. Sorry. Uh, okay. Hydraberg, do you have a reach around plot summary for us? I do. Excellent. You ready? Yes. <clears throat> a group of students filming a movie deep in the woods, unaware of the chaos unfolding in their hoods. Strangers killing strangers over consumer goods. The group fractures as Ridley runs for his mummy. On the other side of PA, where it's always sunny. Material goods meaningless, especially money. On the road, they witness carnage too much to bear. Sarah tries to take her own life because of these scares. To the hospital, they take her, the entire building laid bare. Nothing but corpses, bloodshed, and tears. Our group pushes on while dealing with fear. Come across a nice Amish man, unable to hear. Jason films it all, not a moment to waste, as the dead eat the flesh and acquire a taste. The events that proceed documented and placed. In the editing room where it will be dissected, the proof of it all and how to deal with the infected. A simple bite on the hand wasn't detected. Now things not as they seem at Rich Boy's spot. This group has been through a lot. With camera or pistol, the dead will be shot. Now destroy the brain and aim for the head, or fill another page instead in the diary of the dead. Well, no, that fucked. <laughs> That one that was good. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. Um, I, I'm curious, defenders Jacqueline and Seth. Um, how did you feel about the acting in this movie? I'm curious too on Seth's like uh, history. If you want to get, yeah, it, I want to hear about yeah. Seth's question. history. Yeah. yeah, same. Can we ask you that first, Seth? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, when I was really when I was young, um, and started getting into more horror movies because I've I've loved horror for. a pretty much ever but um george romero became one of my favorite directors pretty early on and i believe this is the if it's not land of the dead then this one's the first and one that i saw and it was only shortly after it came out and i was in love with it i just um i watched it on repeat and i was like for context i was about 12 and i i really loved it and I was really into special effects and how to do that kind of stuff. And Tom Savini was my god at the time, um, even though I think this one might be Greg Nicotero. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'll I'll still defend it for being a very entertaining movie. Um, and I'll still defend it because it's George A. Romero, because um, I will love every single one of his movies. I've seen all of them except for the second half of survival of the dead. Is there a reason behind that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, almost unwatchable. Damn. Okay. It's very slow. And that's one thing that you pointed out, Jacqueline, is that this is a pretty fast paced movie. You're not going to be bored during this. It's a solid hour and a half. So. Yeah. I I agree with both of you. Yeah. I I agree with both of you. I, I, I don't think this is a slow paced movie at all. However, it jumps from one to another. I I loved the gore and the kills in this movie. I I mean, there was so much appreciation, even even if it was CGI. I yeah. mean, there was so much CGI in this movie, but they were cool. 
they they were like like innovative you know that the whole scene with the, like the um, opener the sulfuric oh, acid really against the head where you just see the that was cool, melting yeah. how I did they do that, that. yeah I, I i mean i thought that was fucking amazing it was a cool like idea and the yeah pretty mm-hmm. pretty decent procedure. um you know the 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 jumper pads to the nurse's head and the eyeballs kind of just like popping out that was really cool looking yeah uh, i think those were just, some of the best moments yeah and it's a cool and, kill or attempted wise, kill yeah. uh the yeah. ooze coming out was like it's okay it's just <laughs> in heidelberg no, I, I thought that was great I, no i agree but i i think the yeah. setup to to the gore was like really fantastic you know it's just like like you know the the gal that that really just felt bad for running over those those um zombies i like that but, about her i i i, I, about I liked situation. it too but i liked it too and it's like how are we going to get through there like and there's like this whole big open space right around this cop car that's flipped over on fire you know how are we going to fit around that and you see a big open spot where <laughs> you know you can take a a, a winnebago through yeah just, i like the yeah. opening scene of like the initial like oh shit the first body we see come to life is those immigrants that had like a fight and the, the dad killed the family or whatever right and um like everything just goes crazy the cops don't know what's going on and we get the reporter gets spit on the face um it's a pretty cool scene i hope you guys really do like that scene though because you're gonna see it played over and over again like several times in this movie <laughs> yeah. anytime there's a tv that's showing the news it's gonna be yeah. on but but I mean, and again, Jacqueline, I'm not trying to dig into your to your trivia, but I didn't look okay. a lot into this. But but it seemed like this was maybe around the same time that night happened, Night of the Living Dead, where it was yes. just like starting to happen. Yes, it's mm-hmm. meant to go back in the timeline to the first day. There's a news basically. report that plays on er, later on <laughs> when they're in that compound with uh, all the black guys and they're looking for that one dead guy. Yeah, you hear it. It's the original one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, you do hear that. However, there's no continuity to that. I mean, because it's just like... Well, just we already know there's no continuity. Like that George Romero has kind of like... That's made just up fan his service, I feel like, just for us to hear. I, yeah, like he's I, made I, up I, his own timeline here. I don't think yeah. it's like meant to make a, right. like, actual sense. I, I, I semi-disagree because it's like the first three movies that we watched, there is continuity there's yeah. there's this you but know that like not it's not totally co- continuous like because we've talked about how like the time frame of the movie does progress but the time frame in which the movie is made progresses more mm-hmm. so like the time between night like when night of the living dead is happening to when like um, land of the dead is happening it's not actually like 35 years yeah like i think all of humanity would have been gone after 35 years i get this so sense, this is like a close- reset to the beginning yeah it's like a, well like because a... i i think that there's no way he could have progressed further in the original timeline because we were already down to like a society of only 600 people yeah mankind was most likely going to be wiped out yeah. so it's like then we would just have a movie about zombies with no humans and what's the or point of that live on the so fringes I, at least so i think it's actually interesting to like do a reset go back to the beginning but put it in a new time period uh, with mm-hmm. totally different technology and with a totally different like social environment yeah, but yeah. do you guys do you guys agree that it's maybe a little heavy-handed that that it was like okay, so how many likes or how many views can we get, and then all of a sudden it becomes like real to everybody? Well, this is like, on the edge of yeah. like that 
because like <clears throat> now it's even further like people obsessed with their followers and yeah. stuff like that but yeah um, like well, keep they... in mind that wasn't as big of a thing in, yeah, 2007. in 2007 that was new and sure. so i think it was something that you know by 2023 of course that's been commented and think pieced on to death but in mm -hmm. 2007 like i mean people still used myspace in 2007 yeah i love <laughs> the nod to myspace and you know you yeah and the, the video and so like you know when things are new it's not a cliche yet you know what yeah. i mean of course it it is now but at the time i think that was worth commenting on there's some narration in the beginning too with a female and then there's a male voice that i i believe that's romero's voice also coming over the uh speaker so did you see romero and, standing there yeah i did he was yeah. a cop right he was like i saw him chief. on the news the police yeah, chief. That one, yeah, yeah the, on police the, chief. the one who's like debunking the uh the original yeah yeah like yeah, trying yeah. to make it sound like they, yep. you didn't see what you he's thought like you they were just misidentified yeah. as being dead and also if i could dip into trivia possibly i don't know if this is true but did I or did I not hear Del Toro's voice yes, also you did. over the yes, radio? You yep, did. I, I heard it. it. Yep, you really? Were. Yeah, I yep. heard it when they're pulling into the compound when when the guys with the guns take them to where they have all their supplies. You hear like a radio broadcast, and it's I'm like, true. "That's Del Toro." Good catch, Hydroberg. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't George's voice, and I know that they know each other, so because Del Toro is such a huge fan, so. So, John, do you feel like that's one of your biggest complaints about the movie is like the heavy handedness of the social commentary? I do. I, But it's also they, they go through so many things. I, The one thing I love about the idea of the movie is that, you know, it is chaos. You know, this is a, a zombie apocalypse, but it's just like they go from one place to another and you never really... It's settle in one of my complaints there's so yeah, many packed on scenes of just like yeah hey, now and this it, happens now the national you know, guard shows up and takes our stuff now we meet these people you meet an amish gentleman we meet know? yeah we meet a deaf amish gentleman who's like comic relief for like five minutes just so we Wait, can get supplies I, from I him. He, could, he could scare I, you for I a do second too. <laughs> like he's a, I, it's funny seth, but it's I, out of place in the movie seth i agree with you i love that character because it's just like he can read lips but he's also writing down on his chalkboard chucks dynamite and, and, and the fun, <laughs> the awesome. way he dies and he oh, puts a pickaxe awesome. through his head i just went uh, fucking oh, sight right? so good Oh my gosh. Do you guys remember when we covered Devil's Rejects and you complained that it was a road movie with only two locations? Well, now we have a road movie where they go to more places and you're complaining. But, well, Jacqueline, a, it's so mean jumbled. It's a good road movie. No, and it's so jumbled. <laughs> these, because These locations feel tacked on. When the National Guard shows up, it's just one scene of just like, boom, they show up and just take some stuff and leave and shoot some guns. And it's like, it adds nothing to well, and the apparently the film. It's like, that, could have been easily cut. Right. And apparently um, survival of the dead has that same like 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 little small army group that 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 actually like mug these people, yeah. you know, take all their equipment and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just like, how are you supposed to know that? <laughs> it's just like, hey, shut your fucking camera off. We're taking your shit. We're leaving. And then <laughs> all of a sudden they're shooting their guns and they leave. And then they go to wherever you know they go they find this group of militants that are just like trying to protect themselves hey we've got this whole warehouse of shit we'll give you some gas we'll give you whatever you need and then that's it uh that moment too with the we talked about the acid that's a really bad way to store 
acid i feel like <laughs> eye level on a shelf like in glass mason jars like just yeah, yeah. chilling you know no padding no boxes around i don't know no I'm not, biohazard i'm not an way, acid expert like, like, it just feels weird <laughs> there's a lot of conveniences too in this movie i do notice as a negative like the acid just being right there the it was interesting like, because somebody actually in Hyderabad, you're right i mean it was like somebody brought up it's like what is that and then, you know that the camera actually Pans does in. a close-up yeah. to it it was like hydrochloric acid mm-hmm. you know they and, find survivors who just happen to share gasoline and weapons with them like yeah along the way they find this like this happens it's just sort of you know they're hitting steps just i don't know it just feels like it could have been written a little bit better what was uh, the I main gal's noticed... name huh the main Deborah? gal was Deborah. yeah the the wish sarah connor that's what I wrote down in my notes. Oh my like her God. narration you called of her like, Sarah in your you ca- are you called Mary Sarah in your uh reach around. Hmm? You called Mary Sarah in reach around. Oh, did I? Oh I Mary, know. yeah, my bad. I just want to call everybody Sarah. Is there a Sarah? No. I think no, I think no. it was just I think <laughs> it was just so, Mary then. It was it, it was terribly set up at the beginning, like throughout the movie, because like she, she says, Well, I put music in this. To make you scared, and you should be scared of what's yeah, going on. And it's just like, hmm. I'm thinking about it. Just pretend you guys heard the word Mary. I'll just yeah. edit okay, it. Just Mary, yeah. just a couple takes, guys. Mary, Mary, Mary. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> John, <laughs> yeah, what were you saying about uh, that? No, I I just thought it was so conveniently conveniently set up at the beginning of the movie. It's like I put scary music in this to make you scared to realize what was really going on. I mean, I didn't feel a sense of dread. Mm. I understand like, like the premise of it was so brilliant of, of like something is going on. We have no idea what's going on, but it just jumped around so much. And I like the way it's set up, but it didn't pay off at the end. You're just like, I, I mean, so I, I, I take issue too with uh, like, I like found footage movies. I know you got to cut them some slack. The premise of someone taping themselves during this, just like, I don't know, it gets lost on me a little bit. Like, I get it. Like, other movies do similar things as well. And I don't question those as much. But just the idea of, like, this guy taping everything, uh, it falls flat at at moments in the film where it just kind of irritates me. I I agree with you. I have to admit. I do agree with you. Like, for example, Cloverfield does it better, but I think it's handled a little bit differently. And Mm -hmm. I do think that this movie, like fails some of the like requirements for yeah, that's effective my issues found it, footage actually. like it it fails some of the believability tests he was like, trying something new but i feel like he didn't really know the formula that some people had started to figure out at this point to good yeah. found footage movies i mean this is 2007 the same movies that came out this year were poughkeepsie Rec. tapes paranormal activity wreck came out this year paranormal activity was 2009 was it yeah. uh, when I did when I checked it? It said two thousand and seven. I thought no, it was definitely uh, two thousand and nine. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah. So those two movies came out. Poughkeepsie tapes and Wreck came out yeah. this year too. Unless it's yeah, bad. done much better, by the way. It's true. Yeah. Clover Cloverfield was like what oh six maybe or was that oh eight? Cloverfield wasn't out yet. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, Cloverfield was eight. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it was still a relatively new subgenre. Like yeah. I mean. I get what it. have we had? What have we had that was like well known by that time? Of course, Blair Witch, Wreck, Poughkeepsie Tapes, and I would argue that Wreck and Poughkeepsie Tapes were not like widely known to the mainstream to horror fans yet. But mm-hmm. um, I don't so, know. I just feel like this film definitely does some of the cardinal sins that you don't want, like found footage movies. To I do. agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like I think um, 
for some reason, I keep wanting to call him Rob. That's because that's Cloverfield. Um, Rob who? Rob and Sarah, obviously. Rob and Sarah. This movie's totally about Rob and Sarah. Yeah. Rob, um, Rob, Rob. Come on. Uh, it starts with a rhymes with Schmomby, uh, Abercrombie. What's his name? <laughs> what? Rob, Rob Zombie? Oh, shit. I was waiting God for that, but. I know. I was just kidding. Um, but, um, yeah, I was giving Seth. I was trying to alley oop, but you know, here you go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I forgot what I was going to say. But it's uh, like my point is just that, like, you know, I think people were still trying to figure it out. But oh, so the main character, the filming guy, Jason. Jason, yeah. I definitely agree that he, like, the film loses credibility with his filming of everything. I think it's, you know, it's less well handled than like Cloverfield or Blair mm-hmm. Witch. Because, like, for example, just in, you know, some of the early scenes, the premise is like he's shooting a horror movie, right? So that gives you the reason for him to have the cameras. And that I think is fine. I think that's like a fine reason. Like when yeah. something like a global catastrophe starts, like somebody's going to have a camera nearby for something. So it's fine. He's already shooting a horror movie. He happens to have it when this shit starts mm-hmm. going bad. Fine. I totally accept that. But it's like he continues filming even after like the scenes that he's shooting are over, but that's in my notes too. The sh- didn't even cut before in. the shit hits the fan. So mm-hmm. like before he finds out that there's mm-hmm. a crisis going on, he's just filming their ordinary conversations. I'm sense. like, yeah. I don't think he would do that. So, um, you know, th- there are times like that when I have to admit it sort of like defies your, you know, your suspension of disbelief. And that's um, the problem with like, like, like all all found footage movies it's like what's the purpose of having the camera why are you continuing to roll this plays into the weakness of that because it's like um you know the, <clears throat> the actress gal that is pulling everything off like like with the, the laundry and, yeah and, and she's like you know help me out no i'm filming right now and then all of a sudden there's another scene where it's just like um the friend the mummy guy turns into a zombie and it's like look he's slow. Dude, what about I when gordo you. gets bit in the hospital a zombie just walks past fucking what's his name i know jason. <laughs> and jason doesn't even like say hey gordo there's a zombie behind you he doesn't even say anything the zombie yeah. just comes out of nowhere and just yeah. bites gordo so like uh, i get why this happens like they have to do it to make sure they hit the little narrative beats they want to hit in the movie because if like if the characters are too smart then like certain yeah, things it, that you so want to happen don't puts happen it down put it down and help yeah. deborah so that's what I was going to say up, is there's right. there's too many moments where like, especially when they get two cameras and you see like yeah. one camera is showing you somebody else continuing to hold a camera. Like I'm fine with the camera continuing to roll, but like set it down and that's let where us it got watch real it. Meta. Yeah. So like set the camera down and then like jump in and help. Don't just stand there and be mm-hmm. like, oh, no, oh, no. And then, just yeah, and then you can have don't. a cool action shot that's maybe shot from the floor, you know, on the side. But like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah but so, different. so yeah, it feels some it feels some uh you know found footage tests in my opinion. It, it, it just <laughs> felt like Jason became the antagonist throughout the movie, though. Well, because sort of it's, is, in it, a sense. agreed. I yeah, mean, I mean, it, if the film had one, it's him in the camera. Is that is that the yeah. point though? I mean, he's he's supposed to be recording this. I mean, what he's trying to do is a good thing though, but in a I, sense, like there's his character's not. I don't know. Just black and white. Uh, I think there's that, some great that, that's kind character. of the point of the movie. Yeah, documenting I, and yeah, uh-huh. I, I and I love the idea of that, but it just was not <laughs> presented to us like that. You know, he's just like, I don't give a fuck about you. I'm just recording this. Well, that's the I thing. They should have made him seem a little far. bit more caring. 
but he's still obsessed with the documenting. And then we get to see how it bites him in the ass, maybe because he just never, you know, he never put the camera down or whatever. Like but they should have at one point. Right. And they also try to explain that away, you know, with with the other friend. Uh, I forgot his name. The guy that you thought was a dick at the beginning of the movie. But he actually uh, Jason, Tony. Oh, Tony, Tony, from Tony. Me. That's it. But, you know, you know, he grabbed the camera. And he's like, yeah, this is awesome. I got to record everything. You know, it's just like, no, come you know on. who that is, Tony. He played Mike in uh, Land of the Dead, the one that got bit early on um, in the liquor store. But he also played Wesker in. He also played Wesker in the uh, Resident Resident Evil movies. movies. Yep. I was just tying it back to last week. Oh, without mentioning Resident Evil. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Without without mentioning. We should do a month of two months of Resident Evil. We'd need at least two months, right, to do those films. Can we? There's like eight of them. Dude, we'd need a half a year for for that shit. I mean, there's like seven of them, right? And Romero was supposed to make one, right? He was like back in ninety or something. Like yeah, he was gonna make before the first one came out. He had a script or something he was working. Yeah, he wanted to make it. So back to the the point that you guys started to touch on with like the obsessive need to film everything. Um, Seth, I agree with you. I think that's like one of the major points that Romero is trying to explore in Mm -hmm. this movie. Um, one of my issues with this movie is that I don't know that he like explores it very deeply. Um. I feel like there's this like sort of commentary on our new information age. And there's, there's a line that I think was really intended to sort of encapsulate one of the major themes, which is something along the lines of like um, with so many voices out there, it's hard to know who to believe and it's hard to find the truth. Some Mm -hmm. version of that. Um, So it's, you know, a commentary on like our 24 news cycle and our social Mm -hmm. media and everybody's a blogger and everybody can throw their opinion in and, um, it's hard to like glean. A everybody has a podcast. <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard to glean what's real, and it's hard to like um, brush off the spin that everybody, you know, and the and the bias that everybody puts on their stuff. And so, I get that. Like he, you know, he makes that quite clear several times, and like, uh, you know, through Jason's obsessive need to film and document everything, and it's a way of distancing ourselves from reality. Although that was also already explored in Blair Witch. Um, but I don't know that like Romero is really saying all that much about that. Like, nah. I think the most I can get out of that is like, it's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, you I, see I that don't... Uh, there are other people doing it as well. You know, he's not the only one sharing uploading footage. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so it's like, yeah, he's like he he's kind of like our protagonist. And so we want we want to like believe that his version is reality like we're aligned with him more or less and so as the character that we're following we kind of think of him as like oh well we're seeing his point of view like this is the correct way of seeing things and other people are spreading misinformation but to another person's point of view like jason's just another like voice in the void like there's no way to to tell what like that what he's if what he's saying is the truth or not so it's like it's almost meaningless. The footage you know? is the truth, is what in his. Well, mind, the footage you know is the I mean? truth. It'll but, speak for itself. Well, but we know that. Yeah. But other people don't. Mm-hmm. Like we also see news footage of those, um, you know, the immigrants that are like blamed for their own demise by the police chief. You know. Yeah. Well, that's why he's showing you real zombies instead, because they're trying to show that those guys weren't zombies. Remember, they're like, oh, they yeah. they didn't die until they were shot. You know, but mm-hmm. they were dead already. 
I know, I know. But I'm saying, but, like, yeah, I get what if you saying. have a million voices out there, like, A, how are you going to find this one voice and zero in on it as the truth? And if you, even if you do, like, how do you know that that's real? Because it's just some guy, you know? Yeah. Um. So I feel like it, you know, and we've seen these themes before, like, particularly in, like, Dawn of the Dead and, and, Day, and Day of the Dead, where it's like, don't trust the news. Like, don't trust what you're hearing. Suspicion, lack of trust. Um, and so I feel like, you know, he's touching on that again, but it's just, it's different now in 2007 than it was in 1978 or 1985. I just feel like the plot and everything else going on just doesn't really, I don't know. It doesn't lend itself towards that, that message is like, I get it. It's there. Like, I don't know. Just like these, uh, the scenes that play out and what they're doing, like on the road and these actors, I just, it doesn't come together for me to, with this film. I don't know. There's just things that like stand out to me too as like bad filmmaking like the scene like i don't know when jason goes to get deborah like he's in the dorm room he's filming that already okay fine it's only the like 25 minutes after the message came out that like shit's going on and the entire dorm is like totally empty nobody's there there's looters there already like like it's dumb and then like he gets there and he's taping already fine he tapes her at the door there's like a moment where she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just trying to. And then he puts the camera down and it cuts off. And the next scene is like him cutting it on again. And he's in her room and he's putting it down on the bed. It's just like edited really sloppy. And I know it's supposed to be edited. It's like it's a tough thing because it's like a found footage film that's supposed to be edited by somebody who maybe doesn't, you know. So it's like but I also feel like some of this is just Romero's mistakes. Also, like, honestly, it just feels rough and. I don't know. And then there's a moment where she narrates right after that, like two minutes after that, they repeat the same footage of him walking around the corner in the dormitory, but they use this like fuzzy effect on it. Like we're not supposed to notice it's the same slow. Yeah. Yeah. Furniture and stuff turning around. It's just, I don't know. I like, I get it. You made the movie on the cheap, but it's not that cheap. This movie was made for 2 million. He did night of the living dead on uh, 114,000. Like I feel like he gets more achieved in that film than he did in, on that budget than he did on this budget with this film personally yeah but also like 114,000 in 1968 is not the same as no, i get it it's probably like a million yeah like two million no i'm just kidding but it is you, more you also, not uh, that much, but... you also have to think about how long he had to 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 work on night i mean this came out two years after land of the dead i don't imagine he had a, a whole lot of time to actually i mean that's on work him those but... ideas out Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it could be the studio as well, though. They're Maybe. pushing him to release a new one since Dawn of the Dead was fucking massive. And then Land of the Dead still was a success. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to make excuses for him, but I'm just saying there are good ideas in this movie. It's just, oh, absolutely. I, I love I love the idea of the movie. I mean, the chaotic nature of the movie was perfect, but it just didn't it wasn't cohesive i mean it yeah. just uh, there I, was I don't no think continent. the characters were strong enough really to no. carry the film any of them to be honest i'm I curious the winnebago who idea the, was cool who who is the guy like like at the beginning of the movie when um jason went to the women's dormitory um who is that guy that came out he looked very familiar oh like an actor yeah oh, I, didn't, I, I didn't recognize him neither did i he he does maybe look he, familiar, but I don't maybe know he showed from. up in Day of the Dead or Land of the Dead or something. Yeah, maybe I don't know. He does. I mean, I, other actors. Yeah, he looked very familiar. I was, <laughs> and the, I love that line. He was just like, "Hey, I'm just taking shit." Yeah, security. <laughs> why do you have a camera in the women's dormitory? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he has the moral high ground. There's another know, actor yeah. from um, 
Land of the Dead also. The the guy who played the butcher zombie is in this. Mm. He's the he's I think he's got the guns or whatever. He's the uh gun guy with the militia oh. dudes or whatever. Where's the uh, hugger? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is he in this? The diary? I don't know. Of the, I, don't know. Yeah, I also have an Where, issue. I, where's Big Daddy? Yeah, <laughs> I do have an Bob? issue though. With um, so it's at this point, it's been in 2007. It's nearly 40 years in space, in in between all these films that George uh, has put out, and somehow he wasn't able to ever write a script outside of Pittsburgh. Like I just feel, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I get it. He's from PA, but. I don't know. I just feel like there are other states or other cities that he could have told stories in. You know, it's just a world affecting like event. I feel like it's not just centralized around Pittsburgh. So and I get it like, you know, he wants to speak for his city. And I understand that. That's why some of them take place there. But it seems like every film in the series. I didn't see survival, but let me guess. Does it take place in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania? I don't, I don't even know. remember, honestly. No. I don't know. Because I mean, even I, I was thinking like... about it too. The, we were thinking Day was like, oh, in Miami. I don't think they were just flying. They flew that way. And they checked out those cities yeah. on that coast and they were like, nobody's there. And then they went back to their compound in Pittsburgh. So, uh, uh, Well, I get that, Heidelberg, but I, I, I disagree because it's like they showed Miami or, or, or Fort Lauderdale. Or well, that's what I'm saying. It would have been nice to see the other stories take place in other regions as well. I mean, because we do well, get I, separate groups, but they're all based still around sort of Pittsburgh. It just seems I mean, a little weird. I just don't feel like that city setting really plays heavily into the story. I feel like it's kind of a background detail. I mean, I locations like do that. Prominently. Or what oh, you do with it. Yeah, but it's not like in oh, your face so much. No, no I'm not saying it, Yeah, It, it kind of is, though. I mean, and again, day is not played in pittsburgh or pennsylvania uh days played in florida i don't think it is i, I think don't that think first the scene is just them there. they went there no no they I, said I, they, I, they've gone a long way in each direction in the helicopter checking out cities and i i know but they said they went 100 miles up and down the coast but it still is like centralized yeah. in florida whereas like i like, don't think that would I, put you yeah. i don't think that would put you up to Pennsylvania. That's, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, but that is but pretty far. Yeah, you, like you can travel pretty far in a helicopter, but yeah. I yeah, I agree, but I think that day kind of played into Florida, you know. Yeah, it did. Even though it was it in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it still played like that, but I I mean it was like land. Where was that? Did that was we Pittsburgh. Find out? That was Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. I mean it's well, not it wasn't filmed it wasn't filmed in noticed it with this film too. It wasn't. Fi- I remember, it was filmed in Canada, actually, but it was set in Pittsburgh. Land. Sure. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But but again, I think Day played more. I mean, played farther south. You know. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not even like know. a negative or anything. Or a, I'm just, I just noticed it. I'm just like, yeah, it would be nice. It would have been nice to see him do some stories somewhere else too, though. Just to. I don't, I don't know. know. I work think it's kind of neat to see like the continuity mm. of like, uh, and like we see some characters return. Like Bub was in Land of the Dead. It's like, oh, Bub's well, that's still what wandering ma- around yeah. here, you know. Well, that's <laughs> what makes yeah. That's why you know Land is yeah. in Pittsburgh because he's still there. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. But- it doesn't. It doesn't bother me because I don't feel right. like that's in the forefront really. I mean, and unless you know Pittsburgh really, really well, I don't think you're. And that's what like, makes really me think they're like- in Pittsburgh and and day. Uh, well, in, even in Diary, I mean, it's they mentioned Pennsylvania, Scranton. Yeah. They're like, oh, know, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, we're students at yeah. Pitt. Yeah. Well, Savini's from exactly. there and, um, you know, George was from there and a lot mm. of the people that he made. The and that, with there. I get it. 
it's and that's fine. I, like, I don't hate means... it. I just like was like curious. I was like, oh, you hate her. <laughs> I hate it. I just kind of noticed. It. I was like, damn, every fucking movie he's made in this world has taken place in Pittsburgh. I would have liked to see like, I don't know. Well, Show is that the case for Show the, me the California he... version of George Romero's like undead, you know? What about Hawaii. his movies that are not part of the dead cycle? Do, do they all take place in Pennsylvania as well? Do we know? Is he like a Stephen King sort of thing where all his stories take place? I yeah, like, are you going to give Stephen Maine. King shit? Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, get him on the show. <laughs> oh my God. Come on. come on, Stephen. You will not come on here. Right and after Rob Zombie the good comes name on. Of... Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. No, man, our, I mean... Hey guys, our upcoming guests in the future are Rob Zombie and Stephen King. That's, yeah, you know, absolutely. that's the kind of show we have here. We just have people like that. Liars. <laughs> Liar. Liar. Anyway. No, it's it's not a big deal. I just I just noticed it. So no, it's cool. Yeah. I hate uh, I hate George Romero. You can say it. Go ahead. It's obvious. Yeah. yeah. You heard it here. Heidelberg hates George Romero. I hate Romero. Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I yeah. hate Pittsburgh. I hate it all. Probably like is, half of our listeners now episode. just turned this off. This is the last episode Hydroberg's gonna be on. <laughs> yeah. So um Seth, so, <laughs> you wanna that. just come on full time with us? <laughs> sure. We have an opening. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I do think there's some good character moments, though, in the RV when they're on the road. I think there's some decent moments in there. I, I like I, I sound like I shit all over the characters before, but there are some moments where they kind of feel the weight of having to like like, you know, we see Mary kill herself, you know, because she had to kill some people who were already dead, but she just couldn't come to grips with that. And we see everybody else kind of come to grips with like, oh, shit, this is real. This is really happening. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Gordo's dealing with it before he dies. I like the character of Tony early on when, you know, Mary plows through those zombies in the RV because this is the beginning of the Mm -hmm. problem, you know, like they don't really know for sure what they're dealing with yet. Like they know what's been reported on the news, but it's still kind of that early phase where nobody really knows what's going on. Kind of like the early days of COVID when, yeah, like kind of like the early days of COVID when nobody really knew exactly, like, do I need to wash my groceries? Do I not need to, like, what's safe? Do I I need to wear a mask? Does that not help? Does it? Does it help? Do I like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like before anybody really knows what's going on. And so I I actually really appreciate it because when Mary plows through them, I was like, oh, well, OK, I guess she just like bought into this story right away. And of course, it's true. But like, it sounds unbelievable. Like, if you hear on the news that the dead are returning to life, are you just going to be like, oh, man, I guess the dead are returning to life. That sucks. And then like anybody that you see who's walking slow, you're going to be like, well, I guess they're dead already. I'm just going to plow through. So I think it was good that there was that Tony had that kind of like connection to reality. Well, not connection to reality, but like that. Yeah, that skepticism right off the bat. That's like, look, we don't know whether those people were really dead. Like we might have just killed some people just Mm now. It's also like like the government will fix it all and save us, you know? Well, I mean, of course he's wrong about that. But like, you know, he's slower to 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 accept the truth yeah but i feel like that's more realistic like you know life isn't really a horror movie and like if you hear on the news that the dead are returning to life you're probably going to be skeptical about that for a while i don't know if you turn that's, on the news i wouldn't right just now. be like oh man it really sucks you know like i go oh i guess that's what we're dealing with now like in real life you'd be like what come on and then you would be hesitant to mow people down in the street and so i'm glad that there was that touch of like still keeping tied to like what seems realistic mm. in real life you know and yeah. of course he's wrong but i think it's reasonable for him to like be wrong in that moment yeah for his character definitely because yeah. he's the skeptical one so 
And there's well, no, like just said, like somebody has to be. Somebody has to be like, well, we might have just killed some people. Exactly. You're not just going to instantly just dive in and be like, oh yeah, fuck it. It's you know, yeah. You might just be a small outbreak too. It's not like you're gonna. You're not gonna think like, oh, it's the end of the world. I can do whatever I want. You're just gonna yeah. be like, well, you know, we just need to get to safety, and then we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, and like, it, I mean, they have no reason not, kill not to think that it's gonna like it's going to end. Like, yeah, maybe exactly. this is a virus, and it's gonna go away, and things will go back to normal. Like, th- th- like some of the characters just go from zero to like end of the world like really fast well jason <laughs> kind of does too it's like i have to document it like we don't really even know what was going on yet and he was right. automatically already mm-hmm. like well and home. i and i thought the girl killing herself you know was a very effective scene you know understandably yeah, that, that that why am i doing this but then it's just like who who knew she had a gun oh my god grab it you know and it was just like okay let's move on and then they take her to the hospital, which are kind of just quick cuts to that. And the hospital yeah. is totally barren. And I just don't I don't feel like the hospital that early on in an outbreak would have been totally empty. Like exactly that. right. Yeah. I mean, just there's no continuity there. Yeah. It's just like, OK, That's so what I mean about moments empty. in the film that just yeah. like take me out of it. Unfortunately, yeah. it's but, kind of the same as the dorm, right? Like, there's, yeah, it's, it's like, not realistic. to think It's like an undressed it. setting, you know, like set mm-hmm. dressing. It's just like it's some of it's there. Like there's some cool zombie moments in the hospital with the defibrillator. I like the nod to uh, there's not to other movies that he's done in this, like the, the, with the corpse that leans over on the gurney and then the yeah. guts pull out. Reminds me yeah. of Frankenstein's mm-hmm. experiment. Yeah, um, that was day for sure. There's like a yeah. moment in this in the in, in the hospital. Uh, uh, what's his name? What's uh, Jason's um, dialogue when he's alone? Like, first of all, like, why are you leaving? His dialogue sucks in that moment where he's just like, oh, by myself. Oh, oh, oh. He's talking to Mary. He's almost dead. I got, I got to plug in the camera. And he's still, yeah, so turn it off for a moment and let it charge yeah. fully. Or go yeah. help your girlfriend and people that you care about while the ca- or leave the camera on for a moment charging. I don't know. Like, he could have done both. We could have captured both without him just holding it there, tethered to the wall. It was but just kind of dumb. Like, there were what was the first thing she said? She, she was it. like, I found another guy. And hold on, I found another camera. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What? And then they're both what? like you got cameras at, looking at each other. It's like, oh my yeah. god, look, look. Oh, I see you. I don't know. And she yeah. makes mention like a like a scene later where she's like, um, yeah, it's this is too easy. And then gives it to I do like else. that bit of dialogue because at first they're talking about the gun. Yeah. He's the, the professor's talking about the gun, and then she mentions the same thing about the camera because she's good at shooting with it, you know. So well, what do you it, think it, about that hospital scene? Yeah. Good. I I I kind of liked a lot of what um happened at the hospital scene. Oh, the the main scene that I liked from the hospital was the one with uh, Elliot. And I think in um most of the movie Elliot's my favorite character. I I don't know if it's just because of his resemblance to like Jay Baruchel or something, but <laughs> I, don't know, I yeah. think he keeps a pretty level head and he helps like him too. he contributes. He's not like a wackadoo. He's not like I don't know. He's, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. lean on either side too much either. Mhm. I it's think his neutral. acting during the scene where he stabs the zombie multiple times with the mm-hmm. IV pole. Yeah. You could hear the frustration in his voice. Yep. You could tell he was actually angry about it. And he's trying to prove a point, right? To uh, yeah. what's in the Tony, right? Yeah. Like, look, it's fucking real, man. Like, this guy's yep. not dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. However, he decides to take a bath later in the movie. Yeah, well, why shouldn't he? He thinks he's safe. He thinks he's safe. Like <laughs> he he's in this he's giant safe. mansion. Like, why, why is that dude got his mummy outfit still on? 
I mean, I know he, I know he snapped, but it I seems know, I feel to like it was like... a weird sex game with the girl. <laughs> yeah, with the girl mm. maybe. I don't know. You notice oh. the girl's name was Francine too. Yeah, back to Dawn. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Um, I like the hospital scene where, like, kind of early on in the scene where they think that there's a doctor there who can help them, and they see the figure moving behind yeah, the curtain. Cool. And then it turns out to be a like a you know a zombie doctor, and then the zombie nurse comes afterward, and then the patient is a zombie and his guts spill out. I I love that because it's that mm-hmm. it's that moment I love Hyderberg where you think you have a moment of hope, and then it's mm-hmm. totally taken away from you. Yeah, um, I love that because it just brings you down so hard, and you're like, oh fuck. We get that a couple times in this movie. It, it was nice that that character like shoots him in the head right away. You know, as soon as he falls off the table, he's like, bam, you know, mm-hmm. gone. That yeah. was, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The professor character, I'll be honest. He felt a little, I don't know. Uh, at first, like a little trite, like his performance in the beginning. Like, I don't know his, like the way that the professor was kind of just tagging along with them. And he was just in the background, just drinking, not really doing anything. In the beginning, I didn't really love his character. I do I kind of come around to him, though, towards the end. Yeah. He, he definitely, mm-hmm. like, opens up a little bit and starts, like, acting more than just, like, this British-sounding, you know, professor. I don't know. He just seems so, like, cookie-cutter professor, English accent guy, you know, like, hoity-toity book guy. Um, but then later on, you see, like... Guy. Well, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, yeah, he's a smart professor, but he didn't really have anything to say that he wasn't yeah. contributing to the movie. And then at some point he does. And I, I do like him at that point. Like, he does have some some good dialogue and he's, you know, he's not a pussy or anything like that. And not, not to, you know, I know some people that were, but we like pussies on this show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, no, we have the, no unkind know, words he, to say. He puts his I... neck out there to uh, save, you know, some of his students. Uh, so he's all around pretty decent guy. He likes to drink. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he sure does. Yeah, and I like the bo- the bow and arrow bit. I liked how they kind of worked that in there. Like, hey, he actually is pretty good with this. He has a little bit of a pass with yeah. it. Well, and he seems I... to have a little more, like, you know, because of his age, he's got some experience. He's former military, I think, yeah. and yeah, he's I got think some guns. He's, he's a little, <laughs> well, he's a little more aware of like the reality of mm-hmm. killing. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like he doesn't take it lightly, and so that's I feel why like he takes that's the a. Bow. Yeah, so there's another, I think I think there's actually like several, you know, themes of varying degrees of importance in this movie. I think the, the main theme is about like, you know, finding the truth in the information age. But I do feel like there's also something here about like the deteriorating humanity of humanity, um, you know, and they're like using the zombies as target practice, which mm-hmm. we've seen before. And I think it's Deborah who's like, are we even worth saving at this point? Yeah, that's at the end. And the professor earlier on talks about like, it's fine to want to like document things, but when it reaches a point of cruelty, it's too much. And I think he's maybe because of his age and experience, he's maybe more like tuned into the reality of like this fight that they're embarking on and the reality of killing a living thing even if it's an undead thing you know like you're still killing something and i think it he's was a person like, just recently so right and so i think yeah. he's a little more aware that like even the zombies were humans once and like it's not something to like take lightly or to like make jokes about or whatever you know what i mean yeah and so i think that that's something that's you know in a minor way explored here is like deteriorating humanity and the need to like stay in touch with with our humanity mm-hmm. 
This is pre Daryl Dixon too, and this guy's out here shooting with a bow and arrow. Yeah, I, it, I like it, the. I, go ahead, John. I'm I, I'm glad you brought that up. This like Walking Dead took a lot from this movie. I mean, just the the different stories, but I mean, maybe more spread out than what we saw in this one. Well, the books were already out at this point before this movie came out. Yeah, I know, but it just seemed like it took uh, it, the stories of like different groups of people mm-hmm. getting together. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's definitely yeah, it's inspired from Romero's work. Yeah, definitely. I like the uh, the kill too when they get to Deborah's house when uh, the little brother gets pinned to the wall with the uh it's sad but it's a cool moment it's shot really well hey like automatically just pulls back into the wall look yeah but were you able to feel something from that i mean i i, I kind of chuckled i went Haha. oh wait that's so i mean brother. that moment in the house started to feel like it was gonna deliver some feels yeah when she went in and like uh, all the parents are still there but then there was that talk that pep talk that tony gave her that just kind of took me out of it too i was like what is this guy getting at like I know, and she also gave like a, a, a info dump of like, well, I was going to take this out of the uh, out of the the uh, documentary that we're making, but I decided to keep it in, and then all of a sudden, it was but just nothing like, plays yeah. out with that. No, scene. it doesn't. It's no. one and done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish that that scene had been explored more because, well, because they get to Deborah's house, and the mm-hmm. only zombies in there are her parents and her brother right why like, they, they like why didn't they exactly like why didn't so first of all i don't feel like romero created much emotional impact from that no. situation like to come home and find that both of your parents and brother are are now zombies like you know and i'm a sensitive person like i feel things maybe too much and so it's like and i her wanted dad to was being feel... eaten behind the couch yeah and so it's like i wanted to feel like a like a, a mm-hmm. feeling of like catastrophe and like devastate wanted to feel devastated along with her and i just like i didn't and so i feel like the emotional impact was not there um and maybe that could have been remedied if they didn't just like haul ass out of there immediately like, there was no reason for them to leave like they could easily get rid of those three zombies i don't know if like the only reason i can think of for them to not stay there is because it would be too emotionally painful for deborah sure. i don't know but if like logistically but like logistically they would have been safer staying there than continuing to stay mm-hmm. on the road have so, supplies. um mm-hmm. and so if they had just stayed there you know maybe the rest of the story could have played out there maybe we could have had more emotional impact from that situation with her family but because I, I do think that there's like the promise of a good moment there like when they get to her house and she's like oh they should have been here by now huh you know well did they really go to wherever for camping or maybe they could have gone somewhere and else and the were further away. The and then we see the car and she's like uh-huh. oh they are here uh-huh. but where are they you yeah. know and well, so she that, gave, that she starts gave, to build some dread I think. right she also like gave so many info dumps it's like they're not here <clears throat> but when they went out to the garage my mom would have sat here my dad would have sat like, here. i get how that scene was supposed to play but yeah i, 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 I get it but, Either it was like it was just like it, it didn't feel cohesive. It was just like, well, they should have been here, but they're not here when she first got there. And it's like, okay, yeah, come on inside. Everything's good. And then it's and like then every- right after that scene is the jump. Like, I don't know. It just felt like like you said, Jacqueline, they built up some tension. They could have played with that. Yeah. Like, and yeah, had a better sure. payoff at the end of that scene mm-hmm. with her family. And yeah, then give us an emotional like mm, impact yeah. there with her. 
I think the same thing with her relationship too with Jason. It's very hollow. There's nothing there. Like, I don't know. It's like we don't never see them even even when they say goodbye to each other at that moment at Deborah's house. Like they're about to say goodbye, and he's like, "All right, I guess I'll call you." He doesn't even put the camera down. He's just like filming her, and she's like, "Yeah, okay." It's fucking horrible. They don't seem to understand each other. Like they're on the same page. Well, and so I'm. I may have an explanation for why some of these characters don't connect emotionally. Um. So Romero was planning on having like long shots for this. And so he specifically wanted to have stage actors um, fill these roles. And so like, you know, who could, I don't know, go like you could do like long takes. And so I don't know, maybe there's some of that staginess to their acting yeah. that feels less authentic than maybe like seasoned film actors. I don't know. I think you might be right. Thing. Actually, that could be it. It's like, what do you that want me sense. to do? Cause I agree I with know. you guys. Like the character, like they're stiff. Uh, I, I don't have as hard of a time connecting with these characters as I do in Land of the Dead, but it's it's still not. What you didn't like great. Cholo? <laughs> don't even get me started. And, um, and hello, what was the other guy's name? I can't even remember. I anyway. don't know. Those characters are like are you didn't like gasoline, Daddy? <laughs> 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 Those characters are like instant throwaways for me, but I do feel like these characters are slightly more successful because I think in this movie Romero returns to that sort of like cohesive group of survivors that you know from the earlier films that we don't really have in Land of the Dead and here we do and like there's still fractures within the group and people have different perspectives on things but it still is like the same core group that we stick with through the whole movie and so I think that there is better connection in this one than Land of the Dead and I do think they're slightly better written um, as characters than in Land of the Dead but I I agree it's not great i never feel for any of them when there's a death in the group mm. and like i like tracy she gets away right she she's the one that she drives away in the rv right so mm-hmm. we don't see whatever happens with her but i like yeah. how like don't mess with texas i know yeah, I like we, I like we that get that awesome music RV. with don't let mess with texas and yeah. it's like, bang, like bang, she, bang, 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 and i like and i like leaves. how they did p- play back the you know the film that they were doing in the end where the mummy is chasing her and her dress does come undone yeah. and we see her boobs for a second and, and she's she like, falls. you're getting yeah. the same, the scene that he wanted from his movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's funny, but I don't know. Uh, I forgot what my point was about Tracy. Oh, there was it's a moment characters. Where, when Gordy died, Gordo dies. It's like, that didn't really hit me. Right. But the moment where she wants to sit with him, that kind of was pretty cool. Like you get to see it from the RV and she's waiting and he turns and she, she kills him. And I think if they had substituted, maybe maybe she turned the gun on herself instead of doing the Mary thing. I don't know. Like that might have hit to what like, oh, you don't expect her to kill herself. And she does. I don't know. Um, yeah. I just didn't think like, I don't know. There's like some drama there. But then there's moments where I, I can't tell if this film's parodying itself a little bit, too, with the Amish guy. Uh, there's some zany moments. Little little moments like you know when they're in the house later and the 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 mummy guy who's now a zombie is walking like a real mummy now you know he's like and he you know the way he electrocutes the guy in the tub it's just sort of silly yeah I don't know I could see that I I don't know Uh, can I go back to Tracy real quick for just one second though I feel like after that experience she had with Gordo like she doesn't seem affected by it at all yeah. after that. Like she's still just kind of this like bubbly girl. And when they're in the warehouse, she's like lip gloss. Can I have the lip gloss? Yeah. Can I it's have like, it? Dude, you just shot your boyfriend in the head. Like, can you care a little bit more? Like <laughs> I do like her as a character, but she just seems totally unaffected by what happened. Yeah. Um, yikes. 
And I feel like she's, it's so, so much, I, I, it's like so much time passes in this movie yet. I don't know how much time. So maybe no time. How, how long was this a night? Was this one day? Is it two days? She still got the corset on when they finally get to one place. That's feels like there's so many other times that she would have took the corset off already to relax. Like she's like, good. And now I can finally take Mm. the corset off. And it's like an hour and a half into the movie already. I thought it was like two days and a night in between. That's what it felt like, right? Like a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. There were timestamps. I know it started. It started at 11 p.m. on the 24th of October. Oh, right. I wasn't really paying attention to those. 26 at Ridley's house, right? Is it? Or something like that. Oh, wow, attention so. to detail, you guys. Yeah, there was that one time I saw a timestamp come on. And when I saw it too, I was like, I don't know what day that was. I <laughs> noticed. I just wasn't paying attention at all to those timestamps. Yeah. Well, I noticed because it secretly makes it a Halloween movie. Aha. True. Yeah, just like Night of the Living Dead, right? That mm-hmm. one took place around was that October? October 25th. That's yeah. right. I'm not... Is it? Yeah, she was. Oh, and you know what? Uh, day of the so Dead that... too. Day of the Dead, also. Oh, yeah. She's marking the calendar. Okay, yeah, that's true. They're all, so they all just take They all just take place around the same time in Pittsburgh, but just in alternate it's all dimensions. The same day. It's, it's all the, the same day, dawn and night. The George Romero multiverse, yeah. No, Are you God. more interested now, Hyderberg? Yeah, I'm there totally. You now, now that you, you know got some Marvel something. threads coming. Post oh, God. Now, now I hate it. Yeah. Remember that part where, yeah, where J- Jason picks up Thor's hammer, guys? <laughs> That part was and fucking then Thanos awesome. snaps yeah. his fingers. Yeah, snaps and Art him. uses a gun. Yeah. Snaps a better plot oh, in God. this movie. Oh lord. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So that was I, during Halloween too. Yes. So yeah. other other kind of minor themes that I felt were sort of thrown in there, but not really developed much, were um like immigration, and he was kind of like very briefly touching heard on anti. Yeah, anti-immigrant attitudes That's a few what it times. Was. Del Toro was talking about the borders, and it sounded yeah, like he was, was on Mexico. Yeah, so like <laughs> we're used to, we've been arguing about the, um, you know, immigrants crossing borders, and now we're worried about them crossing the border between life and death. Was that the Del Toro mm. line? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So yeah, and and then you know, there's this. Uh, they recut that footage from the opening scene to like blame the incident on the on oh these are immigrants who just like had yeah, a, an immigration a family skirmish and they caused all this chaos and they were uh inaccurately pronounced dead and there's this note of disdain in Romero's voice as the police chief and so there's there's like a few mentions of that it's not explored but it does seem to be touching on like an anti-immigrant like touching in a critical way on an anti-immigrant attitude I can um, understand that. I mean, that's in the movie. pre way pre COVID, and like when COVID happens, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Chinese this, Chinese that," like turning on anybody. Yeah, but like anti-immigrant any, attitudes yeah. have been yeah. going on for quite. No, some I know time, it. So. Is. I'm just saying it's like we see the same thing in a you know another yeah. pandemic. Yeah, or, or something exactly. similar. Oh, yeah. don't let the Asians in. So yeah, yeah, and so like I don't think it's really explored at all, but it's it's kind of thrown in there as a little flavor, I guess. Yeah uh there's i do like when there's news reports but i just feel like he kind of reuses some of the footage uh in the film on the cheap to put them together and it just feels a little like eh. it felt like public domain type stuff though i mean <laughs> like 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 if it if it was a terrorist attack on another country you know he used that and it just it felt a little dirty i, I was like mm-hmm. well, well at this moment in time we are as a society 
definitely. And, you know, this is post 9-11. So, you know, the sure. idea of a terrorist attack is fresh on our minds. So, like, obviously, that's something to play with. You know, and I get I, I get up, that. But so. but I, I think there's other clips that they could have used. I mean, like, they, there were shots of, like, the buildings blowing up. And I was just like, In this movie? oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Like, at yeah, the yeah, beginning. I, it. I didn't see that. Like, oh, like where you see fires coming out of the buildings. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. I did like the beginning scene. I, I really enjoyed that. However, when the cameraman goes, hey, can you move out of our shot a little bit? And the, the ambulance, ambulance driver goes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move up for you a little bit. I have a feeling sudden, an ambulance driver would really be like, fuck off, buddy. I'm I don't know. It looks exactly. to me like he might have yeah. slipped him a couple, like, slipped him a couple scatole, you know, like a little, <laughs> little scatole here. I think so. Here you go. He might have schmoozed him. Here's a little something <laughs> to grease the wheels, buddy. You want to move your fucking ambulance up a little bit? I'm trying to shoot move here. Your fucking ambulance. Use your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like how she gets bit on the face. Just like, ugh. That was pretty That cool. was the hugging zombie. He yeah, hugged her. The... He was like, I haven't seen you in so long. Come here, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me give you a big fl- sloppy one on the face. It's me, Billy. Oh. <laughs> Bam, right in the kisser. But I do like that scene. I think that was a pretty cool scene, actually, of just like yeah, I, I, I agree. the outbreak on, on the news well live. Yeah, it's kind of so, like it had a feel of like classic Romero, like yeah. You know, yeah, I flavor. wish there was more of that actually in the film. Yeah. It gave you the feel that that yes, this is the beginning of the pandemic of you know of of zombies taking over. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold yeah. on, they're still moving. What? Uh, you know, it's funny and, that it's ironic that the last survivors are going to be filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, like, I feel like because we've gone back, we've done this reset to the beginning of the timeline and we're just putting it in a new time frame. And because Romero's using kind of a different uh, medium for his perspective, you know, he's trying out the found footage thing. Um, I I feel like it kind of allows me to forgive it for being chaotic because, like, the feel is chaotic at the beginning of something before you know what you're dealing with. And... It's a hand, you know, it's a handheld, it's handheld camera work. It's a new kind of medium for him. And so I feel like it, it should be sort of chaotic. And um, like, I, I'm like, I really forgive this film for that, actually, because I, I think it works fine, actually. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. Mm. And you're like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that's your opinion. You can't be wrong about your opinion. <laughs> I just uh I was like, I yeah, know. you can. Like, I just I just don't I don't shoot the movie as much bail. I feel like I just I know it's Romero. I don't want to like poo-poo on he's a great filmmaker, like he's one of the best, but um I don't know. I just don't I think this film has a lot of the elements that make his other films great, but like John, you said it's I think there's no cohesion. No. It feels uh half baked most of the stuff. Mm-hmm. The characters feel half baked, the writing feels like the the themes are there, but they feel like they're not implemented all the way either. Like, so, you know, some are, some are definitely more prominent than others, uh, for sure. The characters just like, I don't know, the, the occurrences that happen. It's just like randomness sort of, uh, which I get you're on the road, but it all just feels convenient too. like, oh, we met the nice yeah. Amish guy all of a sudden. And now we met the cool uh, gang who gave us guns and stuff. And I know I said that before. It's just mm. I just it, I don't know. It just all feels a little bit like. By the book for Romero. I get for you. For a guy I who was like you. a pioneer. You know what I mean? I get you. And, well, and I think a lot of my forgiveness for this movie comes from my automatic comparison with Land of the Dead, mm. which 
I, I do think this movie is better than Land of the Dead. I'm curious to see how you guys are going to rate this, but I do think this is better than Land of the Dead. My major complaints last week for Land were that there were interesting ideas, but poorly executed and absolutely zero character and plot development. I feel like this movie, if I'm going to compare like apples to apples, I would say there are interesting ideas, slightly better executed and slightly better characters and story and so and not boring so to me that go that gives it that gives it points now if i were to compare this to like day of the dead you know i i might not be so forgiving towards it but the fact that it came right on the heels of land it like just by comparison like oh this is way better just yeah that's just kind of where my head is and i know i'm like you're not supposed to like judge a movie that way by comparing it to its predecessors but i i just do i'm sorry yeah no that's fine i would like what did you like he's homaging his own films too in this because we get the there's like that dawn of the dead the crazies type scene mm, with the guys the in crazies. the suits in the uh, apartment mm-hmm. complex and it, we we don't know what we're watching at first but it turns out it's just another broadcast that jason's watching but um yeah there's that cool scene where they're like they they go in the room and they killed all the zombies and then they just fucking kill the old people too for letting them go in there. I don't know. And then the guy kills himself. It's sort of weird. But um, there's it's a funny scene because I definitely thought it was it reminded me of the crazies. But then there's the moment where Jason's watching it and there's some narration over it. And to be honest, this is some of the worst dialogue I think that plays in the, in the film. Jason goes, it used to be us against us. Now it's us against them. To which Deborah goes in her best Sarah Connor voice. He was right. Us against them. Except they are us. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a load of horse shit. That's just really bad. That's just bad. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't sorry. Really, that's not yeah. good. There's like, I don't know. There's moments like that that just kind of take me out of it a little bit. Like, I get what he's going for, but it just felt, I don't know, man. And I think I'm more disappointed because it's Romero. Like, I think if Joe Schmo Blow yeah. put this movie out, I'd cut it. I'd cut it more slack. I think I'm, I think I'm coming down harder on it because it's like, dude, I, but I get it. He's experimenting, too, at an older age, too. It feels like he's a little bit out of his element, though, in this film. Well, like, he's trying to keep up with the times. He's trying yeah. to be and kind I of at the vanguard the of, like, yeah. you know, there haven't been a ton of found footage movies yet. And I feel like he's trying yeah, to right. get in on that early mm-hmm. before it's really been, like, perfected. I feel and... like this genre probably speaks to him, too, because that's kind of where he came from anyway. Like, he was kind of doing that with night you know i mean it's almost like a found footage kind of film but yeah in a way it's like easily kind of gorilla yeah, little, yeah. Like a little bit of kind of a gorilla Definitely. style to it but um i i totally get what you're saying hydroberg and like I, you know because it is romero like the expectations are high and he's made so many masterpieces um i will say just like on an entertainment level i think this is just a way more entertaining movie than land you know, but I but I get I I do get its shortcomings as well. I truly do. There there is a lot of bad dialogue. I do think the actors are stagey, um, and in some ways, you know, and maybe this was different at the time because you know, Seth, I saw this too, like when it first came out, and I feel like, um, you know, at, at that time we hadn't really been like deluged yet with found footage movies, and so it maybe it seemed a little fresher and more memorable. Now it. I feel like it blends in, you know, after we've probably each seen so many, I think it probably blends in more and becomes more forgettable. It doesn't, it doesn't stand out really um, among yeah. found footage movies for sure. Yeah. But at the time it, it did feel different in my, like in my experience. There's, Jason there's also, also just been, what are we saying? Seth? Seth? There's been so many zombie movies on top of that. Yeah. And just so, a lot footage, of zombies movies, zombie, a lot of found footage. I think everybody, everybody's pretty 
done with that after Walking Dead. I think so. I mean, I'm yeah, I am. I, I don't mind a good one here and there, but uh, did you guys also? Did Jason seem like maybe he was cucking himself a little bit through the lens of he's kind of watching like Tony and his woman kind of get. I don't know, a little chummy there, right? And you sort of like welcome to a cuck above. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just noticed like there were definitely moments where like Jason saved your girl, bro. Like Gordo saved your girl. You know, and you like kind of let Gordo die. Like I don't know, maybe that's because he thought he was competition or something. I don't know. You kind of just let him get bit. Like I don't know. Well, Jason wasn't <laughs> going to do any saving of anybody. Nope. No. <laughs> He didn't even really do he a great was, job trying so to save himself. So. When nope. when he dies, he gets he says, "Shoot me, shoot me," and then he hands her the camera. Double ent- entendre. Yeah. That was a great scene. That was just really one like Hydraberg. Your background says, "Shoot the dead." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I dig that. And this is before um one cut of the dead too. So this is an interesting film. It reminds me of that a little bit. Like yeah. The, the premise. Um, but uh, when he said, "Shoot me," I. Just recently, now what we're talking about, I was thinking um that scene in Nope with the uh, the dude from possibly TMZ or something like that, where he breaks his yeah. leg and he wants him to yeah. document it. Still, I would. Um, I wasn't thinking about that. That's yeah, a good point, though. A similar scene, kind of. Yeah. Rob would call that from uh, Circle of Jerks. He would call that cinematic archaeology. Archaeology. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, are are you guys ready to kind of move on to our reviews? We're you know we've been at this for a while. Oh yeah, uh, to it? yeah. Uh, the name yeah. Uh, Jason Death of Death, Death to Death. It's dumb. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> stupid. Oh, thing. that was so stupid. <laughs> um, I don't like it. That's I don't like good. it. <laughs> Seth, what do you think? Was it good? The, the, the name, <laughs> the Death the of Death, Death, the Death of Death. No, it's really fucking. That's bad. what I give this film. Oh my god. Yeah. Damn. All but, right. I, I mean, yeah. You guys have never met film students, obviously. They're all yeah. pretentious. No man, it it's sounds so bougie. Deep. It's so deep, the death man. Don't you get death. it? Yeah. Death. <laughs> Apparently. Has died. People aren't dying anymore. It's no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Jason, I get yeah. it. Trust me. All right. John, this is yeah. your week. It wasn't really your pick, but it was your week. <sighs> Would you like to kick us off with the review and rating? Yeah, I'm gonna make mine really short and sweet. Um, I did not like this movie at all. Oh, I man. loved I love the ideas of it. I think it could have been a really good found footage, really tight, but it just, it it moved all over the place. We got introduced to characters that we didn't give a shit about. I mean, even Jason, I mean, you know, at the beginning we got this like, like info dump from his girlfriend of, Hey, I'm going to continue on with this. And this is what I did. And this is the cameras that we used. And it just seems so pretentious to me. And I'm just like, no, no, it's not. It's not for me. This is a first time watch for me. Maybe watching it a second time. It was your first time watch? Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. Yeah. I I, I think I've seen parts of it, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. But when I did, I'm just like, oh, God, it was so stupid. But I love the gore in this movie. It was so good. I Even though it was CGI, like... Like my favorite kill of the movie was that the acid to the the brain and the way it was melting away. It just looks so good. But then there were like other kill scenes where it's just like awesome. You know, even the Amish guy, you know, the guy that you love, you know, what was his name? Like uh Samuel. Samuel. Samuel or Multiple sciences. Hello, I'm Samuel. Right after he like blows up some and and the fact that he's he he's hearing impaired and he says that you know he's writing it down he's like doing as quick as he can 
you know, there was a great scene like in that barn, but that could have been cut out. I mean, the movie just seems so long and so drawn out. And there were mm-hmm. so many info dumps in this movie. It was just like, you know, with the girlfriend, I'm going to continue on with this work. And then she says it at the very end, I'm going to continue on. And they just slam themselves into this, into this panic room. And you're like, Oh my God, really? Uh, that's the way it's going to end. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say this movie is a, I'm just trying to think of a, you know, the me- measurement for it here. Um, I'm going to go a four out of 10 eyeball burst to the face. Okay. Four out of 10 eyeball bursts to the face. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All righty. Seth, what say you? Uh, well, well, you gave it a four, John. Yeah, I did. Okay. <clears throat> um, well, I think I, I I just like to talk about the the positives because I think we've been uh, dogging on it a little bit. Um, I do really like the return to form for uh, George Romero to do that with a movie that's um, you know, shot so personally the way that you know maybe he had once seen himself possibly doing it. I don't know if he wants to put himself so much in Jason's place because he's such a shitty character, but um, I think a lot of the ideas of the movie are really good. I do like the acting from a few of the characters. Um, I think that the standouts are Elliot and I did like um, the professor. I don't remember his name. I don't know if I don't either. I just called professor. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what we all did. (laughs) Um, it's I just love professor. Samuel. Just professor. Yeah, just like from uh, Gilligan's <laughs> Island. All right. Uh, the uh, love Samuel and uh, his death was probably one of my favorites of the movie. Yeah. Um. Oh, and the George Romero cameo. Um. I don't want to step on on trivia, but there's you more. Cameos. Go right ahead. I do. Go right ahead. Well, feel free. Uh, I do own it. <laughs> So uh, there's a behind the scenes that actually has all of the um, like audio captures of the the recordings. And there's more than just Guillermo del Toro. Mm, yeah. And I know one of them was Quentin Tarantino. Nice. Um, I forget a few of the other ones. Those are the big ones for me, obviously. Stephen King was one Stephen of them. Stephen King, yeah. 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 That I just love the little... Um, little cameos here and there for the radio transmissions. I don't love so much that a lot of the radio transmissions are just for exposition pretty much. Hmm. Um, But they do add in some uh, interesting perspectives. Uh, I don't like that they use one gun for the entire movie and are never seen reloading it or, you know, you hear a reload. It's like you hear it happening off screen half the time. Oh, I guess I I wasn't paying attention. We don't see stuff. it. Well, Jason should have caught everything. I'm guessing Mary had like extra <laughs> clips in her in her die. purse or something. You didn't document Jason, this you- enough, Jason. <laughs> God damn it! This is not the yeah. truth. <laughs> uh, I I think that the uh, yeah the, the there's weird slow motion sequences that mm-hmm. I I think are just a little grating by the end of the movie that they just they just repeat the same footage over and over again. And then put it in slow motion for dramatic yep. effect. Um, like just reusing footage, yeah, yeah. And and I really didn't like uh, the overall character of Ridley. 
the fucking mummy <laughs> trying to do his best Andy Dick impression at the end of the movie. <laughs> and it was really annoying. That's a good um, take. But I think overall with um, everything that all of the history that I have with this movie and that I, I'm pretty sure it was the first George Romero movie that I saw. And I did fall in love with all of George Romero's work after this. And after that, I found evil dead and dead alive. And a lot of like the classics that I wouldn't have found if I hadn't got into his type of work. So I think I'm going to put it at six out of 10. And what was the, the criteria for it? Eyeball Busted ass bursts eyeballs. Eyeball <laughs> burst to the face. Eyeballs. Eyeballs. Busting ass eyeballs. Yeah, John said eyeball bursts to the face. Hydraberg says busted ass. No, that's not what mine is, but I said, no, I'm yeah, putting that. No, I'm putting it down. Nope. It's that's not what mine it. is. I have one. I have my six own. out of ten. Oh, we're Mommy's all just doing different. We're all just doing different ones now. Is no, that what's know. happening? <laughs> it's just all hell breaks loose. <laughs> just, mm. It's chaos. The apocalypse. We're all just picking our own units. What the hell yep. is going on? My pet's heads are falling off. <laughs> Hyderberg has hair. I don't know what's <laughs> happening around here. <laughs> Hyderberg suddenly has a full head of hair. I, it's, I'm not sure what's happening. Okay. Hyderberg, would you like to go next? My dog, does, yeah, he doesn't like it. He's trying to take it it's off like, my who head. are you? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just had a flash of uh, Judd Nelson from the Breakfast Club. Andrew gets up. We'll all get up. Mm -hmm. It'll be anarchy. (laughs) Don't you forget about it. I have to come back in here. Uh, Okay, so pros. There's some decent zombie moments in this film. um, And there's some decent variety. I do like the acid kill as convenient as it is. It's still pretty cool. It's a cool, high level on a shelf yeah. in a like ratty yeah, it's just sitting there. Like <laughs> you could just literally bump into that and knock it over on somebody. Like is it labeled in like Sharpie? Like yeah. hydrochloric yeah. acid. It's like yeah. spelled wrong. Tape. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like... it's just like, actually there was one that said hydrochloric acid and the rest were just skull and crossbones. Actually, <laughs> didn't write the, the words it says on the acme rest. on it. Yeah. Acme acid. <laughs> but yeah, uh the gore, the levels aren't bad. Uh cheap CGI. From 2007 doesn't look great, but the kills, the there's still like some cool ideas there. Defibrillator kills cool. Some, I don't know, like when the zombies do have to be killed, the scythe kill with what's his name. We've never seen that before. That was interesting. It's ballsy taking yourself out and that dude like skewered. It's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, but you know, you can see through this the bad CGI a little bit. Unfortunately, I wish there was more. You said Nicotero's on this. There was some practical or... effects. I I don't I didn't actually look into it. I yeah. just know that Nicotero was on land, so I would assume. Yeah, that yeah I didn't George specifically look back. into that either. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then, then there's some decent kills too. Um, uh, even though I don't feel for our group so much when they do die, there's some decent deaths. Um, in there, like you know, I don't know the tub scene. It's it's funny. Uh, you know, the idea of him like grabbing him up, biting him and throwing him in the tub. It makes sense. And then they come back later. Um, it's I don't know, man. It's like a decent it's a really decent idea for a film. I think, you know, he took a, a couple big swings with this one. He's going outside of his element. He's doing something new. I mean, he's doing something familiar, but new to him, mm-hmm. a different subgenre sort of. But bringing in, you know, his zombie appeal. 
and his type of characters. But unfortunately to me, those characters aren't really fleshed out. They're not like the characters we're used to seeing. I I personally don't really even feel like the, any of these characters were more fleshed out than any of the ones in Land, personally. I mean, it's very comparable, if anything, to me. I don't think there's a huge like leaps and bounds in this one. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think there's some good moments in the film, but as a found footage film, I just don't think it really has a lot of those payoffs that you really like in these films. You know, it's not that scary. At any moments, I feel like found footage is one of those genres that can still get me a little tense sometimes, too, if it's done properly. And I just don't feel like, you know, like we said, this is early on, you know, the genre is still being established. Um, I don't know, you know, certain things ironed out. But, um, you know, I I commend them for going for it. But unfortunately, I think there's some rough editing. And I don't know if that's intentional because it's edited by Deborah at some point or if that's just, you know, Romero and the rush job that he kind of did on the film. I, I think there's some crappy acting. Uh, there's some decent some some of the actors do a decent job with characters that don't have much really there. Um, so I can definitely give points for some of the acting as well. It's not all crappy, but there is some crappy acting. There's some scenes that I think could hit better if they were acted a little bit better. The dialogue, maybe the dialogue's not as bad as I think it is in moments. It's just spoken, you know, kind of weird. Or like you said, there's uh, I didn't know that they were theater actors most of them maybe so that definitely could have backfired on him i mean in my opinion i just um, i don't know the score is lacking too especially in comparison to his other work like i don't know there's no good real like moments that where the score kind of got me into like oh shit they're getting chased like this is happening there were no tense moments it's none of it was coming together to jail the cohesion like you said john the writing just didn't do it for me either this time I think George making a found footage film was a cool idea, but I, I like I don't think he really thought it through. I think like like how to make a good found footage film. There were some examples at that point. I think maybe he could have used that did it better um, in that subgenre. I do feel it feels just to me like George was sort of out of touch at this moment with this one, and just feels like he phoned it in a little bit. Like maybe not. In t- I'm not saying he's like slack, but just it was like I don't know. The film got the best of him, in my opinion. I don't think it uh, it all gelled, you know, and he made uh, to me he made Knight on such a low budget. And I think maybe I don't know. I just think Knight did a lot with just that one house and, you know, good acting, good portrayals and decent characters that weren't that much more fleshed out than the characters in this movie. Honestly, they're just archetypes. But I don't know. Uh, so I I don't know. Uh, I hate coming down on it because it is George. But I feel like he lost a step a little bit here, unfortunately. And it happens to all of us when we get older. So, But he's still one of the greats, in my opinion. And this whole month has just been amazing. So with that said, I'm giving Diary of the Dead. I'm going to give it 4 out of 10 deaths to death. Otherwise known as uh, bubbling... What is it? Busted? Zomb- busted eyeball eye- bursts to the face. Eyeball bursts to the face. I got to put that down. <laughs> okay. I just thought of death to death because we were ragging on the name before. <laughs> yeah, that works. Hey, I, I guess that's what we're doing this week. That's fine. Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jacqueline? How do you feel about this film? Um. Yeah, I, I, I can't really explain it. I, I just, I really do enjoy this film. I don't think it's like a great film, but I do think it's one that I'm fine with just like throwing on as background noise if I'm kind of like, uh, you know, just wasting time scrolling on Instagram or something, have this on in the background. I don't really need to pay close attention, but it's just, like, to me, it's a fun one. Um, I do 
really like the major theme that he's going for here. Um, you know, making some kind of commentary about the information age and how much more access to information we have these days. And everybody is free to just add their voices to it and add their own information. And then it makes getting the truth a lot harder, you know, like it was already hard in the seventies to know what was true when all people really had was like, uh, three TV channels and you have these experts on and a newspaper and maybe a radio, but, um, that was hard enough. And now you literally have millions of people chiming in and people blogging and vlogging and, um, communicating and myspacing and like more than before you have 24 hour news networks, which we didn't then. And so I don't do forget Xing <clears throat> and Xing. Yes. Our, everybody's favorite. Um, you know, I think that this was a timely topic to, you know, to address and to explore a little bit. Like I said before, though, I don't feel like he really like makes any kind of a bold statement about it, you know, other than to be like, it's hard to know the truth and that's bad. Mm. Like, but that's a state. It is a statement. It's not particularly like groundbreaking and it's sort of like, you know, maybe self-evident a little bit. Yeah. But again, those are 2023 eyes looking back. Um, it's a little hard for me to remember those early days of like MySpace and social media and blogging and vlogging. And like, it's hard for me to remember a little bit what t- 2007 was like. So at the time, I don't know, I because I remember really enjoying this um, when it first came out. So I don't know. Maybe the topic was just a little fresher then, but I still think it's relevant. And I still think, you know, we have that challenge in front of us to like glean the truth out of a whole lot of noise. So I appreciate that. I don't think there's anything groundbreaking or like, I don't think he delves super deep, but I do think it's a spot on, um, you know, observation to make. So I appreciate that. And I think it's like, I think the theme is like better portrayed in this movie than, than land, for example. Um, Seth, you said something about like a return to form. I agree with that. <clears throat> I appreciate that here as well. Um, I like I said before, I do like that we kind of return to this uh, like core group of survivors who are you know making some bad decisions, but they're still like you know together and and trying to find their way. So I, I think that works better than these like kind of disparate groups that we see who are all separated from each other in land. And I'm sorry, I know I keep comparing it to land, but it's just like, I really thought that one was just not good. So um, the gore, I agree with, with everybody here. I think the gore for the most part really works. And there were several really great moments that stand out to me. The defibrillator to the head, the ice, the the pitch, what is it? A ice pick or something that goes through the head. What is the tool that the, in the face? The scythe. Scythe. Yeah. That's what I'm I don't know why I can think of that. Um, I love that. The only CGI moment that really looks like bad to me is the the body splitting to ha- splitting in half at the end when like the um, professor he's like, oh, I always fancied myself a swashbuckler, and he mm. like it's when uh, Ridley starts like taking a bite out of uh, Jason, and the professor comes to help, and he like splits him in half with the thing like that didn't look great that was the only one i mean like i appreciated the idea of it but yeah it it didn't age well but it's like you know i have a hard time blaming a movie for cgi that doesn't age well because that's what he had at the time like you can't expect 2023 quality in 2007 so it doesn't look great now it's not like a huge problem but it's a it's an observation um 
I, I like how there's this kind of debate near the end about whether or not to lock themselves up in the panic room. It sort of harkens back to that debate in Night of the Living Dead where they're like, are we going to lock ourselves up in the basement? And Ben is like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. That's like a death sentence. There's only one way out. And if they get in, you're dead. Um but meanwhile, the other's like, no, that's the only place we're safe. And so I feel like there's a little bit of an echo of that. And then they do eventually just like shut themselves up in the uh, yeah. the panic room at the end. And so again, with this ambiguous ending, like you have the some people have died, but you have a few people who are left and mm-hmm. you see them kind of like make a final decision. And you don't really see for the most in most of these movies, like you don't really see how it turns out. Like they just kind of ride off into the distance or, you know, in this case, lock themselves up in the room and you don't know what happens next. Um so I actually kind of like that. It feels like kind of a signature move by now at the end of these movies. Um, I think that Deborah's edits and like the 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 concept that Deborah went back and edited this rough footage to make it seem more like a narrative film, like adding music, slowing down, like putting the footage in slow-mo, like all these things that she did, like, oh, yes, I was trying to scare you or I did it for effect so that you could see the truth and wake up. I think it's all unnecessary. Like, I don't think there should be a score. Mm-mm. Like, it's a found footage movie. I don't think there should be a score. I don't need all her voiceover. I feel like it would, I feel like this whole thing would have been more effective if we had sort of like kept Deborah's voice out of it and just let the footage speak for itself. Like, just tell That's the a good story point, actually. what happened. And I feel like, because I feel like Romero's trying to have his cake and eat it too. He's trying to like make a found footage movie, but still in some ways try to make it function dramatically like a regular narrative. And like you can't really have it both ways. Like I, it's so obvious to me like that he's using Deborah to do that in various ways in the way that she like like the way that she has to announce like, oh, why did I leave this footage in? Well, I just I, I thought long and hard mm. about it. And, like we don't need that. Just like show us what fucking happened. Yeah. Um, take the music out of it. Take the narration out of it. Take the slow-mo out of it. Just like show us the footage like in paranormal activity show us the footage like in Blair Witch just show us the footage we don't need the extra stuff you can't have your cake and eat it too if you're going to make a found footage movie make a found footage movie so I think that would have made it better um and less uh I don't know cheesy in some ways so because I think that like because we know we're watching a found footage movie it makes that other stuff stand out even more it's like because that's not those are not elements of found footage movies so but again, you, you know, the subgenre was like sort of young at the time. So I, I I get like, I mean, if I were trying to make a found footage movie in 2007, I probably would have made worse mistakes. So like I can sort of forgive him for not being totally comfortable with this sort of newish subgenre. But I'm just observing that it doesn't work great. Um, I don't know. So just overall, like, I, I mean, I kind of said it before, like to sum up, I think that there are interesting themes that are interesting, but not fully played out. I think there are characters that are somewhat more relatable, but not they don't go too deep. It's not great. Um, the plot works better for me um, than Land, but I can see what you're saying about it being disjointed. I, I, I do kind of forgive it, like I said, for being chaotic just by nature of like where, where it occurs in the timeline and the, the kind of format that we're using. Um, I really do like this idea of going back to the beginning of the timeline because I think there there was nowhere else for it to go. And so to me, I think that's kind of the most interesting possibility is like, let's go back to the very beginning of this, but it's 40 years later. How would that look different? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it kind of naturally invites exploration of that topic of the information age. Like this is how it's different from 1968. So I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I To me, it, it does have rewatch value, maybe not like every year, but it's like, I, this is like sort of a comfort movie. So mm. I'm going to give this six out of 10 busted ass eyeballs. Was that what you said earlier? Bursting. Oh yeah. I said, but I'm going to say busted ass eyeballs. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, but I also, but there's, but there's an asterisk here. There's an asterisk here to my score. I, I unfortunately continued comparing this to (laughs) Land of the Dead. I know I shouldn't, but I I just could not help myself. And I do feel like this movie is like significantly better than Land of the Dead. And so I actually feel like my score last week was too high. Um, I gave it 5.5 out of 10. Ah, um, but I love that we all had the same score. I know, but I'm sorry. I'm going to ruin it. Um, I'm changing mine to just five. A lot of score changing lately. I don't know. I... <laughs> right? Once it's done, it's done. It's in the can. In the immortal <laughs> words of Shania Twain, I'll do what like I dare. I'll do what I please. Or I, I don't even know. What the oh, I think you're going to say, <laughs> damn, I feel like a woman. Okay, I'm gonna change in the immortal words of Bobby Brown. That's my prerogative. So, all right, yeah, I'm Bobby changing Brown my is... score from uh for Poultry Guest to ten out of 10. yeah. Okay, I'm putting that on the spreadsheet right now. You said it. <laughs> you all heard it. That's recorded for all posterity. Poultry Geist, John. I'm uh, I'm changing Jacqueline's score from uh, Night of Living Dead from a nine point out of ten to a ten out of ten right now. No, because it's not better than yeah. All right, so that's it. Um, yeah, we done. We're done. We did it. Um, I have a little bit of trivia. Uh, most of it we sort of already covered, um, organically throughout the uh, episode. But would you guys like a couple extra little factoroonies? Sure. All right. Um, yeah. So you already said that. Oh, so the concept of the film going back to the beginning of the zombie outbreak was actually a concept that George Romero had had earlier for a Living Dead TV series, which also would have begun on the same day as Night of the Living Dead. That didn't pan out, so he used it for this one. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Interesting. Um, Let's see. Even before Land of the Dead, uh, Romero was planning a found footage take on the zombie apocalypse. So even prior to 2005, he was planning that. So that's cool. Oh, nice. If they had GoPros, I think that would work better for a film like this. Mm, Yeah. That didn't exist. Uh, they didn't, though, yeah, did no, it? that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if they like <clears> that, <throat> that would be a good way to capture this sort of um, film. Right. Uh, despite its freeform style, Romero found that the handicam interpretation required even more planning than a regular film. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, other cameos. We already listed off a bunch of them, but we had Quentin Tarantino. We had Simon Pegg as a radio announcer. We had Tom, <laughs> really. We had Tom Savini. Oh, nice. As a radio uh, news reporter, we had Wes Craven. Damn, I don't even feel like I heard that many. He's there. And, of course, we had Stephen King and Guillermo del Toro. That's dope. That's it. That's so yep. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's all my trivia. And then they all made another creep show movie together. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been so amazing. Sick. I feel like uh, del Toro could maybe do a little creep show reboot ah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got Cabin of Curiosities. That's true. That You're was right. really good. Anthology. It's like a different vibe, though. Yeah, no. Um, so that's it, guys. That was fun. Yay. Right. That was fun. The entire month. That was really fun. Oh, man. It's coming to a close. We're done with Romero month. I, no. I agree with you guys, though. I'm a little zombied out. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Too. But but it was fun. I feel like, you know, it, we 
It was a good. It was a good month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And October to Romero. Yeah, I'll always Romero this month. I will always Romero it. I, I too bad you guys didn't have six. You guys Mm. covered survival. I no, you can cover it for us. I would like to, and then yeah, I I do feel a little um like incomplete that we didn't get to survivor or survival. Um, I don't know. I'd like to. I'd like to do that sometimes. Sometimes we should cover that. I might have. I might have pulled a Mary after by accident. I don't know. Don't say that. There's too many. Steph, <laughs> do that movie. We'll come on with you. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> John, right. what are you doing? You're not my agent. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't contractually put me involved in that. No, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, I forgot. Mr. Hyderberg is like Mr. Important because he's got two podcasts now. Oh. <laughs> I feel like two years from now, I feel like maybe we will have calmed down enough from the Romero zombies that maybe we could tolerate survival just to see what it's all about. Like, no, man, you know, Chef really for did completion. Do I'd be down, but. Just, uh, I would be too. I'm not that excited to watch that movie. Based, I'm on not excited to watch it, but I. But you know, we I, we did five out of six. I I would mm. like to just finish it out. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Wait down the line years. we just plug it in here. Yeah. Just Why not? Why not? The set. Yeah. Just you know, look. If Straight Chilling can do literally every Halloween movie, including Rob Zombie's Halloween too, thanks to me, um, then we can do fucking survival. <laughs> yeah, they've I'd been out on. for like eight years. Well, we've been out for two. Yeah, we're almost there. I'm going on three. We've covered we're all of Jordan three. Peele's films so far, so hey. That's true. We have. Yeah. yeah. We are in our third year. That's true. Um, this is our third Halloween together, you guys. This is uh, true, actually. Yeah. 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 Because we did the retrospective first year. We sure did. Hydraberg. Ah. We have something interesting coming up next month. Would you do, like we... to share with the people? Now that so this... October to Romero is over, I feel like there might be a little something else brewing. Yeah, around here, we have a we have a new theme for next month. It's Browvember. <laughs> the Uni Barrow is back for an entire month. Really, horror films focused on the Uni Barrow. Really, in some form. There's going to be a <laughs> Uni Barrow in every film we cover. Somehow, some way. Yes. Uh, so where did this stem from, Hydraberg? Uh, so originally in prom night, Lou, the character had a, uh, you, you called him a troglodyte. He had a <laughs> unibrow. Uh, we made fun of it. It was for a good time. Uh, no offense to anybody that maybe suffers with unibrows, but, um, yeah. And then we, uh, covered, uh, what was the sequel to, uh, Coffin Joe? Coffin Joe 2. This night I'll possess your corpse. Yes. Uh, and his unibrow was just prominent in that. We just started oh, making cool. fun of it. It's quite a unibrow. Yeah. And then we were like, I think you even might have said it. Like, what if we did a whole month on unibrows or something? Like, as a joke. I don't know. I think it was yeah. you, or but it was definitely a joke. or something like that. I don't know. You said, what if we did a whole month on unibrows? And I uh, called it Browvember. Yeah. But we, it was totally a joke at that joke. time. However. The next day on my lunch break, I decided <laughs> to Google search to see if I could find horror films that involve unibrows. And I found at least four of them to put together for a month. Jacqueline, do you realize that both you and I now call it unibrows? It's unibrow, not unibrow. That's true. There's but... not multiples of them. There's just one. Oh, unibrow. But when there's, we're talking about unibrow. several now. Several, several unibrow. <laughs> so it's still just unibrow, even unibrow. if I'm talking about a bunch of them. <sighs> I think either is correct, but yeah, yeah I feel like unibrow, I feel like Heidelberg yeah. has like, influenced my we're pronunciation. Discussing, we're discussing unibrow. The unibrow. Anyway. 
<laughs> anyway. Browvember. So Brow we are Brow actually Vember, doing it. Next month. So you may think this sounds ridiculous to devote a whole month to uh, <laughs> movies featuring <laughs> unibrows, but let me tell you, this is us committing to the bit. The bit. And yeah. by God, we, we put are, in the work. We are going to do it. We, so. have, we have plucked four films <laughs> for, for a month full. <laughs> a of, a bushy uh, month full yeah. of yeah. I can't think of any more puns right now dealing with them. Well, don't worry. We've got a month. We've got a whole month to think of them. But yeah, we're going to be starting with Don't Panic. It's going to be pretty hairy. Which yeah, Oh, from, that's good. Yes. From 1987. That's good. That's, good. Uh, so yeah. that's the first film. Like, and I, nobody knows what this movie is. We just know there's a unibrow in it. So let's just see what happens. We, we don't know. Let's do it. We, we, don't we may know. or may Find not it. have special guests to help us pluck this one. Who knows? <laughs> What Seth, do you want to come on like? Uni Brow Month? <laughs> <laughs> do I have to I grow mine you... out for that? Yes. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. I'll stop plucking. Guests. I'll stop plucking my eyebrows for the month. Yeah. This is a kind of a southern expression. I don't know if you guys know it, but uh, I think Hyderberg got a wild hair to talk about some Uni yeah, Brow movies. But, yeah. That's a different expression. <laughs> yeah, John's hair. John's got one going. Yeah. Here, look, I got a thumb drive that makes me look like I have one. <laughs> You guys look like troglodytes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I can't wait to dissect and discuss unibrows and horror. Yeah. So next <laughs> month awesome. it is Don't Panic, which is from 1987. 1987. So yeah. By the I, way, guys, this is not a joke. We're not messing no, around. Like, this we're is actually, actually what we're doing this. next month. This is literally what we're yeah. doing. So we are not browning like around. We are yeah. not browning around. Strap in. No beating Get around ready. the bushy unibrow. We should get waxing the porpoise on here. To oh my god! Oh wow! That's a perfect collab. <laughs> Yo, we have a spot actually. Let's ask. Have a, we have a spot. Let's open, ask them if they'll do it. We need help waxing this unibrow. Oh my god! That's a collab that has to happen. Waxing the unibrow. <laughs> oh my god! It's too much. Waxing the brow member. Uh, I cannot believe we are doing this month. <laughs> this is fucking insane. It's the best way to come off of Romero, you know, in October to Romero. We've been very serious about Romero. Now let's get stupid. (laughs) Let's get stupid. Yeah, Uh, I'm not eating any turkey because I'm going to think about unibrows on a (laughs) freaking turkey. Do you like uh, your unibrow? Do you like the dark meat, uh, John, or you like the light meat unibrow? How do you like your unibrows? How do you take your unibrows? I feel like he's trying to abstain from answering (laughs) this question. I am. Um, Anyway, I like to save some of these jokes. Yeah, we, we like just the, spent the we just spent them all, and the, we, yeah, we the month hasn't it. even it's started not even yet. the month yet. I like the gravy. Oh yeah. Okay. So anyway, watch <laughs> "Don't Panic" from 1987, and meet us back Fuck. here to talk about it. In the meantime, yeah. if you want to email us your um, brow stories, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on X at cut above horror. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram. At uh, a cut above one word dot horror underscore review, and Seth, where where can they find your podcast? Uh, they can find the Beaten Dub podcast on any uh, podcast networks. Otherwise, um, you can look up Bean Dirt on YouTube. It's the only thing that's going to find it. And check out his uni bro, like Jacqueline's doing right now, like <laughs> just like getting the close up. Yeah, get in there. Show you guys my, yeah. my eyebrow. Follow, <laughs> follow us on Facebook. <laughs> cut above colon horror review. Make sure you give those uh, five star ratings to Bean Dub Podcast and a cut above horror review. Um, John, you also uh, 
real quick. You had a guest appearance. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We should talk about this. Um, yes, I was actually on Circle of Jerks podcast. Uh, talked about Peeping Tom from 1960. Sweet. Dude, it's out Is it right out? Now. Is it out? It oh, okay. It, it, I got to yeah, listen just, tomorrow. Yeah, it came out. That's going to be my Halloween movie. podcast listening tomorrow. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. And then I also want to give a big plug to our buddy Heidsberg. Dude, I... I don't know who dislikes the movie Princess Bride. Mm. Please tell us about it. On your oh, yeah. Podcast. So uh, on Cinemigo is my other podcast. Uh, we pick films and recommend them to each each uh, host. Uh, and uh, the last pick that we just uh, put out was uh, my pick. It was um, Princess Bride, episode seven. And I'm uh, curious. Rob had who had not seen, seen that. Rob had Rob? seen it. Yeah. Rob had so never I, seen it. How I felt like possible? honored to show it to him. And I feel like that movie hits no matter what age you are, no matter what generation. <laughs> it's timeless. Fucking awesome movie. Uh, Seth, film. have you ever seen The Princess Bride? Yeah, absolutely. And it's I love your ridiculous. your coverage of it. Hydroberg. Thank you. Yeah, same. It's a great episode. Same. Appreciate it was it. an awesome episode. Good job, Hydroberg. Appreciate it. Thanks, episode like what? Seven. 95 or oh seven. Oh. Like <laughs> I love the variety you guys are having on the show. It's fantastic. Your oh your M episode was great. So mm-hmm. into that. I have haven't, even, I, haven't even, I haven't seen it. I know of it, but I've never seen it. But I didn't care. I just listened to your episode. Yeah, it was yeah. so good. No, it's cool. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It is interesting. I, I that's one thing that I really do like about the show. I actually still it, you know, it feels like extra work sometimes because it's like, why the hell did I start another podcast? But this is why, because it's fun to like <laughs> have rob say hey you haven't seen this check this out and then we get to talk about it and i get to hear what john thinks about it too sometimes for the first time or whatever or I, I get to I, show them stuff you know i'm not on the show oh the other john I'm yeah, yeah my, the other john but he spells it differently john so it's not the same way oh it's the fake john that's J-O-N. what it is J-O-N. i don't know he listens to the show by the way he doesn't even watch horror movies but he listens Aww, to our show each week so nice. i was like that's hi, you, man i appreciate that hi john hi john yeah he's out there He's out there somewhere. Listening, the fake John. Somewhere out there. No, that's a different. Yeah, if you like the Princess Bride or movies in general, check us out, San Amigos. Princess Buttercup. Princess Buttercup. (laughs) So many. All right. Well, folks, I hope you have a wonderful, spooky, terrifying, awesome Halloween. Happy birthday to you, Seth. I hope you have a doubly great day. Thank you. Um, and I love you guys. Happy Halloween, and I'll see you in November. (laughs) And your unibrows. And keep it creepy.